What's up, everybody? It is Friday, August 13th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to hop on a plane to head down to Tulsa to call Friday Night Smackdown at 8 o'clock on Fox. It's a good show today. New Hall of Famer Alan Fanica joins the show to talk about Hall of Fame weekend. And we got a new segment with Rap Sheet. Ian Rappaport stops by to wrap up everything going on around the NFL, plus A.J. Hawk stops by to help send you into a weekend it's a good one let's get to it this morning you know last week we got a little bit of a taste of it you know we had a little bit of a sampler platter we had a little bit of this we had a little bit of that we had a lot of spectacle the game kind of stunk but on friday morning we got to wake up and there was highlights from this year's nfl season happening now it is preseason football but it was still highlights of football being played around the same time that we had never seen before and this morning by the way we woke up to two games last night's highlights and i'll tell you what it is a beautiful time to be alive if you're a new england patriots fan Let's just dive right into this. Okay? At Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt is here. The Hammered Dime Boys will be joining us all three hours. Not sure when AJ will join us or if his internet will allow us, but we will talk to him at some point today. Alongside Alan Fanica, joining us in about 10 minutes, and Ian Rappaport will join us for a brand new segment here on this Feel Good Friday with Rap Sheet, who almost got beat up by the Titans head coach just one week ago. If you're a New England Patriots fan, I think you got to be fucking pumped about what you saw last night. In preseason football, you're not going to be able to see a lot. You're not going to be able to learn a lot. But I think there are a couple things that you can keep your eyes open for. And you can say, oh, shit. Looks like old buddy right there is potentially going to be something. And in this particular case, I'm talking about Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Hell yeah. This guy, and I put out one simple tweet. All right, after watching the game, and I watched the entire game because on NFL Network here in Indiana, that was the game that was on. The Steelers and Eagles was not on. I guess there was a bunch of streams and everything. People were ripping it around here. They got a chance to watch it. They ran it back after the Patriots' um, game. It it was late night, though. So I got to watch the first drive of Jalen, which we will talk about. But watching match Cam Newton, Mm -hmm. then watch... Which, by the way, okay, got sacked. Chase Young, still a monster. Couple good plays. I don't know how long Cam Newton's going to have as the New England Patriots starter if he doesn't have immediate success, which he might, by the way. He might have immediate success this season. Following last year's season, which was a disappointment for him, did not have a lot of people around him. Got the vid. It wasn't a great roster, but he did not perform well either. He said it. Can't go out like that was basically what he talked about. He came back for the Patriots. Hopefully he'll have a great start, play well, wouldn't MVP but if he doesn't I'll tell you what there's an entire region I think ready for this bad body having son of a bitch (laughs) out of University of Alabama to be the quarterback when Mac Jones jogged on the field in a preseason game at home had to use his hands to cover his helmet because the pop from Foxborough was so loud I thought Boston Connor was potentially out of touch with the rest of New England with his thoughts and feelings on Mac Jones I thought that maybe Boston Connor was watching all these videos coming out of training camp of Mac Jones and he was the only one baloney bopping to Mac Jones Uh out of all the Patriots fans I thought Patriots fans were a little bit more patient, a little bit more jaded. Like, let's see if this guy's a guy or not. I don't think any of them expected to draft Mac Jones, but then I guess once they got him and started learning about everything they were saying about him and watching the videos of him and hearing the teammates speak about him, Foxborough is excited. Yeah. 
for another potential. Bland White, that is very good <laughs> no. at quarterback. Mm-hmm. When he came on the field, the place went bananas. Pop. If you weren't watching the game live, I don't think you would really truly understand. It was a fascinating thing to see in the middle of a preseason game, especially when a very likable, lovable guy has been named the starter who was just on the field moments before that. Matt comes into a hero's welcome. Now, the internet was saying there's a multitude of reasons Ooh, for why really? that particular region was oh. potentially cheering for Matt Jones. Uh, like what? Like what? Uh, I'm just telling you that Last night was disgusting on Twitter. And yeah, it was. It started with, it, with that whole thing. And I don't know, maybe there are a couple, a few. I don't know the region. I've only been there once. It was gloom and doom. Looked like a fucking scary movie when I was there. Okay, I did have a good time. Everybody was clean shaven. Kind of weird to me. It looked like a Gillette commercial every time we walked through. Fantastic. But uh, a lot of people are saying the reason why you guys were excited for Mac is because he was a white quarterback. Whoa! Uh, I'm, just you, I'm just telling you what the internet was. Some people on the internet, the toxic people are saying on the internet. I do not believe that is the case. I believe that you guys are excited for the future with Mac Jones potentially being a great. And I think after the pop and after the excitement, watching him play made me believe mm-hmm. that although 31 different fan bases wanted this dude to stink bad I mean they wanted Mac Jones who had that walk uh-huh. on draft night you know Matt Patricia signed off on him yeah. Matt Patricia didn't really do much great things up there for Detroit Zero. so if Matt Patricia likes him and he has that awkward walk and everything like that everybody's like oh the Patriots stink they're going to stink forever you spent $150 million you don't have a quarterback that's actually what a lot of people were saying uh-huh. you don't have a quarterback you don't have a quarterback you draft Mac Jones then you start learning about Mac Jones you watch Mac Jones Photographic memory, they say. Mm-hmm. Smartest guy, quick guy. Throws the ball onto a pin if he has to. Missed a couple throws last night, to one. be exact. One throw. He missed one throw. The one in the end zone would have got broken up anyways. Didn't matter where he threw it. That was perfect defense. The ball that he overthrew on Gunner, though, mm-hmm. that thing's probably a tutter. That's a half yard out of reach there. So that was a miss by him. But I think, you know, first preseason game, potentially a little bit amped up. But if you watched him... And you were one of the other 31 teams that said, you know what, the Patriots are fucking dead. I hate massholes. We don't have to hear from them again. This guy's going to stink. You watched last night. It was impossible. You had, this guy's not going to stink. Nope. I, I don't think he, all I said is I don't want to overreact, right? We're not big overreactors. No, 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 not at all. Never. No. Can't do it. Won't do it. That would be Can't irresponsible. Win Can't win with it. Won't. Won't. I don't want to overreact, but I think 31 different teams' fans were hoping Mac Jones would stink. I hate to say this, but it sure seems like he will not. And a lot of people started attacking me on the internet for saying this. I I got attacked for saying this. I mean, they they were showing up in abundance. Uh, Old TJ, Teej says here, by your logic, Joe Flacco is a potential MVP candidate because Joe Flacco threw a screen for 79 yards for a touchdown last night for the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, Joe Flacco was once an MVP candidate back in the day when he got paid $100 million after winning the goddamn Super Bowl. I don't don't see how those two tie together when I say Mac Jones doesn't seem like he's going to stink. Oh, by your logic, says Teach. <laughs> yeah. Teach was not the only one, by the way. Mark Smith, oh, don't fall for the preseason hype, man. Then he screenshots two of uh, Freezing Cold Takes' posts about Ryan Mallett being the guy back in 2011 when he debuted in preseason saying, isn't this pretty similar? Quarterback, Patriots, 10 years ago, everybody's loving him. Don't buy the preseason hype, says Mark Smith. And I appreciate Mark for following along, but... I. Listen, Ryan Mallett, who I have 
drank beers with, what? golfed with, what? had a good time with, what? sang with, what? enjoyed Arkansas with, what? saw the biggest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my entire life in public with. What? I mean, I love Ryan Mallet. Of course. I, I do. I enjoy Ryan Mallet as a human. I liked him everywhere he, he went in especially when I heard what he was potentially doing off the field in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, this dude's a guy. All right, I feel like I'd be friends with this guy. Thought he was incredibly talented, but I don't think it is fair to just say, because I said that Mac Jones uh, wasn't going to stink to say, oh, this is Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett was unbelievably talented, okay? Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Love Ryan Mallett. This is not a shot at Ryan Mallett. Mac Jones is like the most accurate passer in the history of college football, national champion, Heisman finalist, had one of the... The greatest year, or the one of top two yeah, greatest top two. year in Highest. the history of college football. And it's not the arm mechanics that we were watching and judging last night. A lot of people were telling me, oh, you're watching against twos and threes. It's like what I was watching was a guy that was looking at the defense, okay, breaking down simple defenses, okay, first preseason game. But I'm just talking about as a rookie, the composure that he had, breaking down things. I guess he had the uh, the highest uh, pro football focus, football grade, Whoa. which at this point, we don't know what's going on over there at Pro Football Focus. Uh-huh. We love Pro Football Focus. Okay, they, they name me punter of the decade, uh, yeah. and they watch every single film. And I think for punters, it's a lot easier to see if it was a successful rep or a non-successful rep. But there's a lot of other question marks at positions that I think people have called PFF into question. But they're Pro Football Focus. They watch every play. They grade every single yeah. one. They're dialing in. They got former scouts. Collins Russ running the thing. And he said some questionable shit, though. I, I mean, there's Big been time. some questionable shit coming out from that account. But Mac Jones had the highest... Uh, pro football focus quarterback grade. Also, the I think the longest attempt per pass. So a lot of people were tweeting me, telling me, oh, dinks and dunks, throw me a check down with two guys five yards away and you're Mac Jones. It's like, actually, I think he had the highest average uh, yep. attempt last night. He won 13 of 19, I think. Like, had that one drop, one miss. That's 15 of 19 for over 100 and some yards. They said, oh, he couldn't even score a touchdown, only kicked field goals. Quinn Norton. Hell of a night, by go. the way. Here we go. Quinn Norton. Live leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. Big boot. Live leg. It has always been that way, too, ever since he was in high school. So much so that Harbaugh went and slept at his house, climbed a tree with yep. him, mm-hmm. just to, like a whole thing to recruit a kicker. And it was a big deal because people were like, look what Harbaugh's doing to get this kicker. It was like, well, this particular guy, Norton, was bombing balls for a long time. Super swagged out, too. I was a big fan of everything. When he got to Michigan, I think he kind of hit some different swings and got into a couple different funks, much like every kicker does potentially not every most kickers do at one point in their career in college but everybody has said about quinn norton and belichick i assume once hearing that this guy was looking for jobs at linkedin or something like that because nobody would sign him after coming from michigan he was once the top recruit in high school bill belichick goes hey folks hurt right you guys always seems to be hurt but he comes back in that guy's been kicking 70 yard field goals since he was what 17 years old well fuck it let's see if he figured it out (laughs) yeah bring him in the guy was thinking about going and selling insurance he might be at a different point he was crushing ball missed an extra point which i don't know how the uh operation was but he was absolutely slaughtering the ball it's great to see whenever so this would be like, um, you know, when Tiger Woods is back and his driver is dialed in? Sure. And then, you know, and he just gets up there and it's just going exactly where he wants. When you have a kicker, like Tucker has been doing this for so long, it's why it is absolutely stupid what he's been able to When you have somebody that slaughters balls and they're just hitting it so pure and you see the ball spinning slowly, fast spin means they under 
undercut it. Might have done it on purpose to cut through some wind, but you're not going to get as much distance. He hit that 50-yarder, and it was end-over-end, slow rotation, like the most beautiful. I mean, like, I would assume it's how Judge felt or how uh, Alexander felt or whatever. As soon as they hit that, it feels like it's mm -hmm. gone. Like, when you see that ball just spinning perfectly end-over-end, it's like, well, you fucking slaughtered yeah. that football. I think it went over the net from 50. I hope he continues to do that, miss the extra point. How will he bounce back? That's the question. But a lot of people are burying Mac Jones for that, not scoring a touchdown. And whenever I said I didn't think he was going to stink, it's because everything else he was doing, the composure, the poise, the arm strength was there. He was breaking down the defense, simple defense. He ran a two-minute drill, hurry-up drill, one eight or nine, I think, or something like that, yep. was very hot. If you're a Patriots fan, you see that. Now, I don't think you have enough weapons still. Mm -hmm. Like, John New and Hunter Henry, awesome. James White's been catching fucking screens for 50 years yeah, for the Patriots. Damn. He's still yeah. faster somehow. I think you need another guy. I'm not 100% sure. You might fall into the same thing that we got going on here at the Colts if T.Y. can't eat and Pittman doesn't. But, man, you got to be pumped about what you saw out of Mac. The internet hates it, hates which is good news for Patriots fans. Yeah, I expected a lot of hate if he did well. So, you know, that is good news. But like you said, the biggest thing for Mac Jones was the, the pre-snap reads, him checking the, the offensive line, changing who the, the mic was. And that's what happened with Cam that he couldn't do that you've been hearing like throughout practice is that, you know, Cam will come up, he'll identify who the mic is, and then he'll snap the ball. Mac will come up, he'll identify who the mic is, he'll give a fake, you know, a fake, <laughs> and then uh, change, see what they're doing, and then he'll change the play. And we will, you know, probably fall to the fact that we don't have enough weapons because the Chiefs are still the standard, and we're definitely not near the Chiefs yet. But with the defense and the special teams and just the promise that you see from Mac, you got to hope he's there week one. Listen, I I love you guys got goose too. Oh yeah. Hank Anderson's an absolute <laughs> weapon. Are you kidding me? He, Playing in the third quarter. Yeah, the preseason. I don't know if that's good and how I mean Goose <laughs> definitely was giving his maximum effort. Yeah. It appeared as if he was not telling Bill Belichick to go fuck himself in the third quarter whenever <laughs> he was still playing or whatever. He's a vet at this point. He seems to be all the way dialed in. Mm-hmm. We're calling his ass Baby JJ Whoa. when he was with the Indianapolis Colts his first couple of years out of Stanford. Baby JJ. He was absolute hellraiser on the D-line. He and David Perry came out of Stanford at the same time to the Colts. Hank was unfucking believable. Yeah. Incredibly cool guy. Nicknamed Goose. I mean, he is an absolute stud athlete. Had an injury, kind of changed things, went to the Jets. What happens when you go to the Jets? I mean, he yeah. kind of... Careers die. Yeah, who yeah. knows what happens. Absolutely tabletop Steve Hoshka. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> he, yes. did. he did. Came on the show. <laughs> yeah. Defended himself. Thank you, Goose. Yeah, thank you, Goose, for that. Got me into a war with Hoshka's wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, because I sided with Goose. Because, hey, if you're a kicker and you're running towards where a tackle is going to be, there's a chance you're going to get God That's over football. There. <laughs> like, all right, just go down the fetal position. You see his quarterbacks do it. If you don't want to get hit, you just lay your ass down or go the opposite direction. If you go towards the ball, towards where everything's happening, even if it's a block kick or whatever it is, you're going to get – there's a chance you're going to get killed in That's that. live fire. Kevin Huber lost his entire jaw yeah, yeah, because he was in an area, a no-man's land type area. Huber had to drink from a straw literally for six months. Mm -hmm. He's back with the Bengals. So – Shouldn't have been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's what his thought was. He got got Hauschka got hurt in that particular hit. He played the next week, so he wasn't right. uh, injured, but he did get hurt. So I immediately sided with Hauschka. Then I saw it was Goose who did it, and I go, I text him, I go, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, uh, can I plead my case, please? And I was like, absolutely. Right. So he comes on, he says, what if 
Hauschka blocks me there, or what if I that person? What if something happens and I don't do? It? Now, could I have hit him a little less hard? Yes, perhaps. <laughs> but then he said, "What type of football player am I, though? <laughs> yeah. That'd be rude to Hauschka if I was mm-hmm. like basically this entire thing." Goose and I got along rather well whenever we were at the Indianapolis Colts. Very happy to see him with the New England Patriots, and he will be a weapon for you. He'll be a guy just like Ninkovich who will somehow come out of nowhere, have an incredibly productive season, and everybody goes. Of course, Bill was able to get the best out of this guy whenever all the signs had been there that he was going to be great. With that being said, though, how do we feel? About the other team, how do we about the football f- team? Yeah, how do we feel about Fitz Magic? Yeah, hey, I got them in my seven leg parlay to win mm-hmm. the NFC East. I think so. Lock that in. Okay, with the videos that are coming out of Giants practice. Ooh, oh Jesus! Oh. <laughs> what? Yikes. Disgusting! That reaction wasn't that, even football. Like, that was a little bit negative there about. Sure, it's not the little yeah, fucking Giants. Too. Sure. All right, <laughs> hey, listen. All right, the Giants. Daniel Jones in his third year did appear to throw the ball directly to a linebacker sitting at 13 yards down the field uh-huh. with no wide receiver around him. And this came immediately after a MA blown assignment, no block on a blitz. <laughs> and now, I don't really, the offensive line maybe hasn't covered that, who passes off, who shifts. Now, that's the first team offensive line, so you would hope that they would have that figured out. That could potentially happen in training camp, though. That is <laughs> what training camp is for, you're training there. Daniel Jones looking and staring down. I mean, a teammate of his, so probably a friend of his, but yeah. In this particular drill playing for the other team and throwing the ball right to him. Now, JGLO59 and CBS Sports really hyped this thing up with the the captions yeah. and the, everything the around there. And it's yeah. practice, right? You're supposed to get better, but with what we're hearing out of Giants camp with the laps, the push-ups, the sprints, the fights, the retirements, then you got this happening, the blown assignments, the throw into the linebacker. I've seen Joe Judge punt a ball. I've seen him do an onside kick. I thought the Giants were potentially going to be a, a team this year. I thought they were going to go on a go. What we're seeing as of now, which could change completely, I don't think they're going to be a team. No. Down in Dallas, watching, not this year. Maybe next year. Who knows how that whole thing will work out. I don't think they're going to be a team. I might be wrong. I don't know. Then you go Dallas. I'm not 100% certain how. Who knows? What's going on here? Well, yeah. What's going on here? Exactly. They got MRI this weekend to clear things up. But Uh Dak is throwing. In my eyes, I think Dallas has a chance, obviously. The Eagles, after watching last night, I think Jalen is good. I think he's very good. He missed the ball, but he also completed a couple absolute dimes. I think Jalen's going to be good. I don't know how that team is, though. I don't know how. Kobayashi, dude. They're going to stink. What do you mean? I'll, let me give Why you do you hate this Sirianni yeah. guy so much? Is there something? Is there something that happened? I don't hate Sirianni. Oh, sounds the like the way it. you have painted Sirianni has been in a way. Listen, I'm not saying anything he hasn't said himself. Okay, All right, I right. mean, I don't know. D- Jalen is good, but I feel like he's just is getting... he? everybody's good in the NFL though. Is that well, no, I mean, I don't know. You just look at last year. Like I think we were talking about a big part of like. Some of these younger guys, like you said, when they don't have tape on him, they come in and he can obviously scramble and teams like don't really know how to – like I, I don't know. Do you think that year two when teams have tape on him and they know what to expect from him, like that makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Especially it when does. your team around you stinks as well. I think it does. I, now, granted, this is the first year in Sirianni's offense and it's the first year where he's going to be the guy – or is he, by the way? I don't, I don't know if they're keeping Flacco. that. Flacco's yeah. on fire. Look out. Yeah, Flacco did drop an absolute dime, okay? And Flacco is always going to play. Yeah, footsteps. footsteps Flacco. Footsteps exactly. Flacco is going to show yeah. up whenever he has to. But watching that Washington football team there early, 
Fitzmagic looks happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Fitzmagic is happy, I think every time he's been happy to place, they have won. That Fitzpatrick will wear his heart on his sleeve. So whenever it gets ugly, you know, whenever he's riding a good one, whenever they're winning, 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 and going, he's doing it. And right now, it feels like he enjoys the team that they have. He's incredibly smart. Everybody knows that. That team, though, with Heineke... Almost beat the uh-huh. fucking Bucks. That team was very young. The culture was still young. They don't even have a name yet. Nope. They were battling, what, three exposés came out in the first training camp, and they were still able... That team, I think, is a problem in the NFC East. They, I think that team by, is going to win the NFC East. They have by far the best defense and best defensive line in that division, and it's not even close. And then they added weapons on offense. When I tell them Futures Fortunes months ago, Washington. Washington football team. And they're probably at a much better odds than they are now, if I had to guess, months ago. Yeah, it was plus four, plus two. I could look it up. But, yeah, probably. I assume so. I like that. I like watching football in the preseason because in the first half, a couple plays. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, of course. But I like watching because it's like everybody tweeted me automatically because they of how he performed physically. And it was like. That was the last thing I'm looking at. I think. Yeah. That, like, that is the last thing I'm looking at because physically, I just assume the person's there if um, everything else about them is like if the confidence is there, if they seem to be have poise, understand what they're doing. Let's assume the arm talent is there mm-hmm. for Mac. Let's just assume it's there. It was everything he was doing in his first ever appearance in the NFL that I was super pumped for. Is like not as somebody that wants to ever see the Patriots be successful again, which I don't, but I'm happy for Mac Jones to be able to get in there and sling it because that guy was supposed to be number three overall for Mm -hmm. a long time. That guy, he threw the ball to the Heisman winner. Yeah. So the Heisman winner, wide receiver, and this is kind of the conversation about does the quarterback deserve it every single time, and it's like the Heisman award potentially could become a a quarterback award, basically. But Devontae, I mean, without, you know. Exactly. Chicken or the egg. Yeah, without Mac throwing the ball there. And he was a Heisman finalist, mm-hmm. I guess. So might as well just say, okay, Heisman-like quarterback, basically, in college. He was supposed to be number three overall. He falls to the Patriots, of course. And that's what I got out of it. Was just, and Josh McDaniels is coaching that son of a bitch. Yeah. I think we have a phone call. No. Oh, he's running behind. Oh. He's in the bathroom right now. Oh, that's I don't have this in. You probably already told me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. McDaniels yeah, and him do have a great relationship, though, which is good to see. But to the point. No, about, I don't think they do, by the way. I think him they, and Mac? No, I think they have a good relationship. But I think this is very much like a, a Bear Bryant. A, uh, I think he is, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's, that's been the big thing, right? I think there's a little bit of fear out of uh, Mac for Josh McDaniels still at this point. Well, it, they've had a little. They've had a few dinners at McDaniels' house. They have, <laughs> a, they have a good uh, relationship. But he, I think Mac likes to get kind of screamed at, yelled at, because he. Yeah. I think Cam Same mentioned way. it after the game. He was like, "I try and make him laugh, but he doesn't really laugh because he wants everything to be so perfect. And when it's not, he gets so mad." Mac. Yeah, Mac Jones, and that's why he's kind of locked in, dialed in like Gable Steveson 24-7. Hey, you, I don't know. I've seen him chuckle in a lot of interviews but the, um, and have a good time, but I like that he's yeah. a potential perfectionist, photographic memory, uh, incredible ball. I mean, he is, it, it makes no sense that he ended up at the Patriots. And of course, if he has this great career 10 years from now, everybody would be like, 
Uh, I, I can already hear the deep voice on NFL Films saying, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick waited patiently yeah. <laughs> instead of trading up in the draft for his guy to fall to him. Matt Patricia had to Boom. give the okay. <laughs> yes, let's not forget Matt Patricia played a massive role here. But with the football team, I think you're foolish not to bet on Chase Young to win Defensive Player of the Year. Me and Gumpy were talking about it when we were walking in, it's and that was basically the first thing Tony said to us, too. Chase Young is unbelievable. Yeah. Remember shit. last year in the – was it playoffs or week 17? He literally – sack happened, ball came out. Niners. And yeah. he ran, okay, <laughs> without breaking stride. <laughs> yes. One hand picks up a ball and then somehow still remains just in a full mm-hmm. sprint. It was – Unbelievable. Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy – Oh, that's a different human there. Oh, that human isn't like the rest of us humans. Tomlin said it. Yeah, he said last, Chase Young, after the game last night, he said, yeah, the game really feels like it's slowed down. Like, yeah, and Tomlin, and what you were referring to, and it will, by the way, continue to do so. Wait until he starts getting a read of when <laughs> yeah. he's going to get chipped and when mm-hmm. this is going to happen in some games that Scary. they'll potentially play. I mean, it is – he's a weapon. Uh, but, yeah, Tomlin mic'd up moment when he looked at Chase. I never going to lose enough games to get somebody that looks like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a line by Tomlin. You, you know what I'm saying? That's what Tomlin even followed up to Chase. Like, you know what I mean? Like – we ain't going to stink enough to be able to get a guy. <laughs> yeah. What a line by Tomlin. Absolutely loved it. Staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although, I thought the Steelers were going to lose last night to the Eagles, and I bet pretty heavily on that, strictly because I didn't know how long Jalen was going to play. We have an absolute Steelers icon joining us. Whoa. A man that just went into the Hall of Fame this past weekend, had an incredible speech. Also, wild body transformation. Gets asked about that a lot, I assume, so I don't want to hammer away, but he looks fucking great and he sounded presidential. Ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Fame offensive lineman from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alan Finn. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Hey, how's that? I mean, how many times have you been interviewed thus far where you've been interested or introduced as, hey, Hall of Famer, Alan Finn? That has to feel pretty sweet at this point, huh? Hey, you can say it all day long. <laughs> yeah. So while uh, we're talking to uh, Hall of Famer, Alan Fanner, okay. uh, your speech, though, let's talk about that, and then we'll dive into the football and life and everything. You sounded incredibly presidential. Your delivery was unbelievable. You projected your voice. See, I was impressed by your style of speaking, but then your actual speech, whenever you go back to, I think, 15 years old or 14 years old, and whenever you're trying to write a speech like that for the Hall of Fame, there has to be a lot of reflection going on, huh? And, and at what point did you fall on like, hey, this year, 15th year of my life was a pivotal moment in everything? Because I don't think that gets talked about. The process of putting those words together is probably a pretty emotional one. Am I wrong in reading that or no? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, you think about things you never you never thought about before. You, you think about um you never really think about how you got here. At least I never did. You know, yeah. what got me to here? What kind of guy am I am? I never really realized that I was a, a very goal-oriented person until I started going through this process of trying to make my speech and trying to uh, formulate it and put it all together, uh, that I was setting goals my whole life. I never thought one thing about it. Um, but uh, definitely, uh, there, there's like uh, a whole notebook worth of, uh, of notes uh, that, uh, you know, didn't make the speech. Uh, that you start thinking about through this process. Did you miss anything? Do you feel like afterwards anybody said to you, how did you not say blah, blah, blah? Have you gotten any of that? Or has everybody said the same thing as me? Like, hey, incredible speech. Uh, no, nobody's ever said that. I think everybody's finally realized that I only had uh, eight minutes and that uh, time was uh, short. 
How about that? Peyton Manning literally roasted some of the uh, <laughs> Hall of Famers of the past. Like, was that something that was really hammered home? Because I thought that was always a rule. And then this year, was it because you guys were like, you know, we'll set the standard here from here on out. We can't abuse this thing. Or was that something from the Hall of Fame? Because in past, guys would go 30, oh, yeah. 40, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's a snooze yeah. fest by the end of it. But hey, appreciate everything you've done. Did they tell you or did you guys kind of make that decision by yourself? No, no, it was definitely a, a mandate uh, that we were going to be cut. They, they told us how it was going to go down, the lights, the flashing lights, the, the elevated music was going to come on like at the, uh, you know, at the Golden Globes or whatever uh, and run us off the stage. Uh, and they hammered that down uh, all the way through. And, uh, you know, Peyton wound up making all the jokes about it. And uh, I, I was trying to lead a revolt to try and get us like an extra two or three minutes out of it. <laughs> and, uh, and he shot me down. I was like, man, he, he was the one guy in the group I needed to uh, to help uh, drive it home. And he, he failed me. Well, I, I'm sorry you two couldn't get on the same page for that. But as a watcher you know like i feel like six minutes eight minutes there has to be like a 10 minute there there has to be a happy medium there because i think we all agree as fans of football and a celebration of the sport which is what hall of fame weekend is and the greatest league of all time some of those some of those alan are come on you know an abuse leads to restrictions which is why you guys had it happen hopefully they'll be able to figure it out i thought you nailed it in your time constraints how was the weekend a lot of steelers are back there huh like a family reunion, I assume? Pittsburgh West. That's what I kept saying all week long. <laughs> Everybody just moved from Pittsburgh over for the weekend. Uh, it was great. It was great. Um, you know, I, I've said it a couple times to family and friends. Uh, you know, the words, if I, if, I could, if I could write and craft the most poignant paragraph ever written about the week uh, and what it meant to my family and myself, it wouldn't do it any justice. It was just simply amazing. Uh, the, the pinnacle of my career uh, sharing it with my friends and family, being able to thank everybody that came along the journey, uh, that came up to celebrate with us. It just simply, there's no words to define it. Congrats, man. Yeah. Hey, because you hear about a lot of things. You know, I got invited to my uh, first Pro Bowl, and it wasn't in Hawaii. It was in Arizona. <laughs> we had to drive an hour and a half in the desert to practice. Uh, the hotel wasn't even just NFL folks. It was a bunch of conferences happening. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I was dreaming of making a Pro Bowl. This fucking stinks. <laughs> this, it's cool to get the title, and it'll be on the resume. I'll wear the jersey. It's very nice. But it wasn't what, like, I had always thought it was going to be. I feel like every Hall of Famer and everybody that's ever gone to Hall of Fame weekend has come out the other side of it and been like, it exceeded all of my expectations. Is this Pittsburgh West Canton just like the greatest city on earth for a weekend because of everybody that's there and everything that's happening? I mean, definitely. Um, it's, it's definitely a, just a flat out amazing. You mentioned the Pro Bowl and I, th- I thought about it. Uh, so my very first Pro Bowl, I'm out in, uh, I'm out in Hawaii, huh. and there's an initial meeting where they kind of give you the ground rules for the whole weekend, right? And my very first one, I'm in there, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, you know, I got Jerry Rice like two chairs over from me, and I'm, I'm like, shit, man, I'm in this room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, so we, we have, uh, there's the, the Ray Nisky luncheon, which is just Hall of Famers. They close the doors. Nobody's in there. Just us. And I had the same moment times a thousand. But I'm like, shit, I'm in this room, man. This is like, I'm here. I'm a part of this. How it much, was uh, very surreal. A lot of shit getting talked in there about a lot of stuff in that uh, Hall of Fame only. Yeah. There, there, is, there is some things flying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you're talking about the league, the current league, the state of the Hall of Fame. What are those conversations, business conversations, or is it just, hey, let's enjoy each other's company. We never get a chance to do this. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of everything, man. It's, it's about, uh, you know, the guys we lost uh, in the past. It's about uh, uh, introducing the new guys. Um, you know, I, I, was, I, I got a little bit of advice going in there because sometimes the, the meetings can get a little uh, carried away a little bit. I, I was told, you know, best advice is to kind of keep your head down and mouth shut. I did a, uh, so I did a round, what was it? It was a circle, round, what was it? Round table. Round, table. round table. I was invited to a round table thing because I was announcing the Colts draft pick uh, in Nashville. And Roger Goodell was in there. And then it was, I think there was a few Hall of Famers in there, a bunch of players. And they literally had everybody sitting in like a circle. It was like, it was very interesting. And there was no media or anything like that. And I just sat I didn't get that advice from everybody, but I quickly read the room. I was like, all right, I am not saying a thing in here. <laughs> they, they were just teeing off, right, all the old guys. And it was a cool moment to kind of – you kind of take a trip back in time with what the sport used to be. You get to hear some stories, some gripes, what can get better. I mean, those moments, I couldn't even fathom. You deserve every single one of those going forward for everything that you did in the sport of football and in the NFL in Pittsburgh. And I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Whenever I introduce you, but you got a picture of yourself with a gut hanging over your belt, right over your shoulder, and then we all see you just look incredible. It is. I've asked you, I think, about this before, and a lot of people have. So I apologize, maybe for the redundancy of this. Though, is did you have to eat, like, force yourself to eat to be an offensive lineman? Like, is your body supposed to be small, and you were just no. like forcing yourself to eat, or is that you just full lifestyle change? A full change. You know, I, I've never been this size in my life. You know, I was I was that kid in elementary school that was like searching around with mom looking for the husky pants that would fit my butt. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, as as you get as you get older, you start learning. Oh, you know, chicken over burgers and veggies over you know French fries and all that stuff. Uh, so as I got older, the more the better I ate, uh, the more I had to eat uh, to to keep the weight up. You know, so I was you know eating all the protein shakes between meals and and. And stuff to, to maintain that weight but I've always been the big boy and uh, just said uh, when I'm done I'm gonna give it a go and, and see if I can lose some weight and see if it sticks Alan we were talking you've done great it sticks by the way <laughs> yeah. it, it sticks I I battle I battle with my weight a lot I've I've began intermittent fasting and it seems like I'm gonna be able to do this one because oh, yeah. you know you can be a fat ass for a couple hours a day and then you're done oh, cut it's, it off. yeah it's been it's been pretty nice um did did you get a chance to talk to any of the guys about the evolution of football and the athletes and everything? Before we had you on, we were talking about Chase Young, but not just Chase Young. You look across the board on defensive lines at this point with the way science and nutrition and workouts and everything you guys had to go through so people could perfect the science of technique and everything like that at this point. The game, it feels like, is at a the best place of all time, maybe? Is that the conversation? Like, hey, how much better can these guys get? Do you look at that? Do you think about that at all? Or is that just something that is going to naturally happen, you think? Well, I, like you said, it's the, it's the evolution of, uh, of science, of athletes, you know, years of training, and all of a sudden, you know, the cream of the crop rises, and the cream is a little bit higher uh, than it used to be. Uh, my uh, My rookie year i come into the pittsburgh steelers organization i'm 322 pounds i'm the biggest offensive lineman heaviest offensive lineman on the team my last my last year in arizona i was 320 i was the smallest guy <laughs> it's crazy isn't it? i mean you've got 340 pounders 
flying around running like four nines, four eights at this point. It is insane. The game changes the rules. You a fan of that? Not a fan of that? Because down there in the trenches, I mean, now there's no cutting in between the tight end box, I believe, not just the tackle box, but the rules with hands to the face and you guys getting slapped by defensive linemen. How do you feel about all that? As now you're a Hall of Famer, so you are literally one of the faces of the league going forward forever, and I don't know if that's a pressure that you're excited about or not, but how do you feel about the the game, the rules changes in the state of of the way the the game's being played in the NFL now? Yeah, you know, I think some some, some are needed. I think you know when you start thinking about the safety of the game, and then I think some are you know maybe taking it a little bit far. And I think I think that's just a a, a fine line that's really hard uh, for the NFL to figure out where to, where to stop. And and maybe there's not enough uh, guys like myself and, and former players uh, around that circle that are making those decisions. Uh, having enough input in that in the game uh, to to help manipulate uh, where those things are going. Have you said that to Kamish? Like, hey, you guys are making a lot of decisions that are stupid. Need a couple players around? <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I, maybe I need to. Well, now you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> there you go. Right? You can say whatever now, Alan. I, I think with that gold jacket, you just show up at any stadium, any practice yep. facility, any meeting, and you're just like, what's going on? What are we doing? I think you're allowed to do that now. I think it's like a gold pass, right? Sure, sure it is. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> How was the party? Party was magnificent. It was awesome. Did you have music? Yeah, yeah, we had we had we had a DJ. We went with the DJ. It was a little hard to go uh, picking a band, but uh, party ended about uh, five thirty in the morning. <laughs> I did not know you olds are doing it like that. Five thirty a.m. over there is that the standard for those Hall of Fame parties too? Uh, for for a lot of them, yeah, for a lot of them. God, right. yeah. I'm happy that our legends, our Hall of Famers, by the way, are partying until 5.30 in the morning when they're going. That's good for the sport. That's good for the game. Yeah. Go ahead, Tone Diggs. Uh, Mr. Fanica, I just want to, from Steelers Nation, I just want to thank you for everything you did, especially, you know, when you pulled in that key block for Willie Parker in the, in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Uh, with that being said, we ask a lot of uh, offensive linemen if they, like, what type of quarterback they like to block for. I want to like what time type of running back did you like? Because you had Jerome who would just run up your ass. You had famous Amos Airway. He bounced around a little bit more as an offensive lineman. What type of running back do you like to block for the most? Um, you know, I think I love blocking for Jerome, man. You know, uh, one thing I, I knew where he was going. I kind of had a good vibe of, of where, which hole he was going to hit. But uh, you know, when you're running back and hit somebody with so much force and just take the pile and just you know just obliterate somebody uh and that's exciting man it, you know when he when he would just run the pile down and, and pop up and uh start dancing around and doing his little shimmies and shakes uh that was awesome he was just like another lineman in the back uh getting the ball though uh so i see the lsu helmet as well are we ever gonna get back you know it feels like we were just right there on the top of the mountain and then all of a sudden everything started i mean everything oh, yeah. started crumbling down around there is there is everything going to be all right down there at lsu no, everything's going to be fine. You know, I think uh, a little transition period afterwards, uh, you know, I think when you have that, that great of a year that we had, you know, it's, it's hard to, to repeat that that awesomeness all the time. So uh, a little bit down, but I think they're coming back. Uh, I hope so, man. Coach O, what a legend. Joey Burrow, by the way, is back. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of way. people were wondering earlier in training camp if Joey Burrow was going to be able to get over that knee injury. He's all the way back. Yep. That's what everybody's saying. They still don't have an indoor practice facility over there in Cincinnati, though, Fanica. I, that's hard to believe, but I do believe it. <laughs> <laughs>
very <laughs> profound. That was very profound and deep. I uh, want to talk about the Steps Towards Zero campaign before we get out of here. You mentioned it in your speech about epilepsy being a massive part of your life. Can you tell us a little bit about the Steps Towards Zero campaign? And thank you for doing this, by the way. Giving back to the world is an incredible thing. Thank you. Uh, you know, the Steps Towards Zero campaign is trying to uh, reinvigorate and re-engage the epilepsy community to get them engaged with their healthcare providers to try and, and find a new norm, not to accept where they are as uh, just their, their station in life, that things can get better. Uh, so uh, if you go to StepsTowardsZero.com, you'll find a lot of information, a lot of guidance on how to re-engage your healthcare providers to, to find new ways, not to accept where you are. And uh, not everybody's going to be able to get to zero seizures, but maybe maybe going from 10 to 7 or 5 to 2, you know, whatever it is, uh, that, that's better than where you are now. And uh, that's something I can get behind. And uh, I've just been really excited about being a part of this. Yeah, that's amazing. And by the way, you becoming a face for that community is huge because I think a lot of us who maybe don't have a direct relative or friend that is epileptic, I don't think we fully understand it. I know like lights, I think like, I feel like I have a very ignorant view on the entire thing. What is it? It's just a brain, is it a brain thing that causes your body to go to seizures? I don't think I know a lot about epilepsy and I might be in the minority here, but I'm, I, I don't think I know Know that much about it at all actually so it's a little bit like uh, lightning going off in your brain it's, it's going to cause uh causes you to have your seizures and there's different triggers for for different people um you know for me i'm fortunate enough I, if, if it's a it's a medication thing so if i forget my medication uh is when i will when i will have one and uh you know for me um uh i don't i don't hit the floor convulse but i i would like take off running i'm late for something like i i've run i've gone to, to my high school in my pajamas one time i lived about a mile from the school and i just went to high school in my pajamas uh so uh, it, it's different for everybody but it, it's basically like lightning going off in your brain and it's it's triggering uh, your seizure well let's hope that we can make worlds and lives much better without running to your high school in pajamas or whatever else could potentially happen to everybody thanks for giving back to the world congrats on being a hall of famer and thanks for your time mr fanica Appreciate it, guys. Always enjoy being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Famer, Alan Fan. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should I That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. <laughs> Bingo. David Poppy, er, population, you dude. Hell yeah. 
Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Free two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. There are three games happening. The Bills at the Lions happening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Titans at Falcons at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Cowboys at Cardinals at 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Those first two are going to be tough to watch. You'll be able to see the first half where all the stars are playing. Then Friday night, SmackDown comes on at 8 p.m. Eastern, live from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You ever seen some Cayman Crocodile boots, pal? Wow. Wow. Let me go ahead and unzip that thing so you can get a little bit more breathe. Hey, don't mind the Steve Jobs photo on Stanford's campus or hefty lefty Jared Lorenzen. Rest in peace, pal. Look at these Cayman Crocs. Now, people are going to wonder, are those good boots or not? They fucking are. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Willie Wilson told me that. Anybody asked about these boots, they, go, they don't know a damn thing about boots. Going to Tulsa, Oklahoma tonight for SmackDown, and then we'll wrap up the evening with Cowboys Cardinals. This is a beautiful time to be alive. There's NFL action last night. Also, baseball happened. It was like a playoff game. It was like a World Series game. People cared about baseball again because they were playing in the middle of a goddamn cornfield. It was a beautiful thing with a beautiful ending. Congrats to Iowa for putting on a hell of a show. Good job, Iowa. More fireworks. Yeah, more fireworks. See, I didn't stick around and watch the fireworks. Were they pretty good? I saw a couple of clips on the... Walk off, Homer. Boom. As soon as that thing hits... You gotta let them fly. I think Zambelli, you you gotta let those fly. And I know out in the middle of Iowa, there's probably a lot of you know pyros and there's probably fireworks people and all that. They should have imported some Italians from uh, from Pittsburgh Zambellis to go do that thing and just let that. Thing. What were you saying? You said something about Italians. No, I didn't say. Anything. I thought you, I thought you made a groan about Italians. Sounded like you did. Did you make a groan about Italians? Not think? me, pal. I'd never say anything bad about the Italians. See, now this is an interesting thing because deep fake gump. Is down in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah. Does does Deep Fake Gump hate the Italians? Does Whoa. Deep Fake Gump have some Italian in him, too? Oh, does Deep Fake Gump, is he Italian or is he? We love the Italians in Canada. Oh, because it sounded like you made a little sound whenever yeah. I said the Italians. We put maple syrup on their pasta. It's delicious. Oh, I, I don't think, do that. I, I think I got a question. When yeah. you see Juju do what he did on the field last night before the game, up to that same old shit, and oh. then Mitt do the same thing, twerking in your face this morning, doing the same thing. Does that make you excited about NFL football, Pittsburgh Steelers football, or does that worry you about, oh, this looks eerily similar to last year? Worries what I'm going to say into a microphone this year, Pat. Oh, because you're worried. I like what I do as a job. And you like Juju Beast. I feel like I'm going to say something, I'm going to get fired. What are you going to say? Uh-oh. What are you going to say? Who knows? You're not a pervert. You're just Italian. I just, something like that. What are you doing? Something worse. That's what I see. Tony. What has this been? Three days straight where three. Tony has said absolutely terrible things in a In a row. I didn't say anything bad there. I said I'm oh, you kind of, yeah, you got him so 
Don't bet. Guy learned nothing. It's just a kid having fun. Don't. I agree. I agree. It seems Don't. like it's good energy there. It's preseason. Everybody wants him to not do it. He Have said, I'm still going to do it. Mitt does it in his face. But I do believe they are both <laughs> potentially doing it for one person. Yeah. Maybe Juju's also doing it for old Double M who was uh, ringside <laughs> at AEW. Don't, and make, don't let me in with that fucking guy. Well, in that particular wow. world, you're not all the time. But in, it, whoa, whoa, whoa. By the way, what was that? Tony. Tony, again? Don't let me in with that fucking guy. Joining us now. Tested IQ at 166. <laughs> I'm I'm not. Good for him, dude. <laughs> You're right. He's what been is in the, going on? We got to wrap things up here. Oh, oh, right. oh. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a new segment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rap Sheet, Wrap Up, and Friends with Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's going on? Good. How are you, bub? I'm good. I'm good. That sounds... that. I, I like that segment. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> well, it has friends involved in there, and I know that isn't something that yeah. normally is associated with your name, you know. What's I mean, that all about? Why, why did you laugh like that? That wasn't because his podcast got canceled with all his friends, and you have to assume maybe it's because his friends didn't want to do the podcast. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. we're Whoa. friends. We're friends, Rapshi. We're yeah, friends. Yeah, we're, we're allies. Friends. The guy got a new all mullet. of us, or just a couple of you guys. Uh, we're friends, Rapshi. No, I like you, Rapshi. Diggs, I don't know if anybody yeah. wants to be necessarily friends with you right now. The day that you, the couple days that you've strung yeah. together. Yeah. Diggs yeah. loves you though, if that means anything. Yeah. He is Italian okay. though, so what does that tell Count you? It? Yeah, not a pervert. Yeah, not a pervert. He is Italian. Yeah, different. It's uh, fascinating. Ian, big week in the NFL. Preseason games are happening. we got three tonight. We had two last night. We're back in the swing of things. There's a bunch of drama and bullshit. What do we need to know going into the weekend about the NFL, you think, that is big storylines that are potentially going to build? Uh, all right. So a couple things we're going to kind of keep our eye on. And one of them we actually saw last night, which is what do these rookies look like, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if you watched the Patriots game last night and who was not watching Patriots preseason football, I certainly was. Um, yeah, Matt Jones looked pretty good. He did. He did, didn't Kinda he? Kind of did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. I mean, the thing about him was it looks like he's not going to stink. I think that was my biggest takeaway. It looked like he wasn't going to stink because the poise. Now, granted, seven point something yards per attempt, and it looked like a lot of easy completions. He missed a couple balls, but him checking, running the hurry up, he looks very good. All reports are that he has been great this entire time. Cam's still the starter. Is there any chance that's going to change, especially not only in that uh, situation, but also Chicago, San Fran? There's a lot of that going on right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like when. You know, you draft a quarterback in the first round. All anybody cares about is when's this guy going to play. And so, like, Matt Nagy and Bill Belichick can say as many times as they want, Cam is our starter, Andy Dalton is our starter. The questions are still going to come, which is good because if people didn't want a really talented young rookie quarterback to play, then, like, that would probably be a miss, right? So it seems like in all of these situations, the head coaches have been like, we like the rookies, we want to bring them on, we may actually play them. Um, in, in San Francisco, Trey Lance may play some, you know, a Trey Lance package, if you will. Um, but it seems like the veterans are going to get out there and start. Problem is, if, I mean, last year, Cam Newton at the beginning looked like a better than average viable quarterback. Then he got COVID and it all went downhill. If he falters a little bit, it's just going to open the door for Mac. And the thing I would say about him last night, it looked easy, easy completions, but like, when Tom Brady was going, I'm not saying Mac Jones is Tom Brady. No, I'm no, no, no. Yeah, watch yourself. When, <laughs> when Tom Brady was at his best, every throw looked easy in this New England offense. 
And that's kind of what that reminded me of last night. I think so, too. And also the hurry up. I mean, he was I mean, it, he looked very comfortable, very confident. And for me, that is why I said, hey, this guy's probably not going to stink. You just assume the man who had the highest completion percentage or whatever in the history of college football, national chip. you assume that the throws are going to be able to be made. Now, maybe the transition is going to be much more difficult and the long ball that he missed by half a yard that would have added probably another 80 yards on his night from, and he would have gone 14 of 19 as opposed to 13 of 19 with a much larger yards and probably a touchdown, by the way, in that whole thing. If he completes that, we're having a completely different conversation about how he looks like he is the part full way. But in my eyes, mentally he just looked like he was there hopefully Justin Fields will be able to get a chance to read him as well and Trey Lance all reports are great there let's swing back to something that has gotten our you know our our boots in a bundle okay our let's talk about the jeans have gotten a little snug in the um baby making regions or something maybe maybe a little bit of a wet a little bit of heat a little bit of heat coming through what is the deal with this taunting rule, can you not? I told Tom to tell the NFL to cut the yeah. shit. I don't think he did it. He would never do that. He reads the I memos. Don't think he did. Yeah. No, he didn't. Who is this? Is this Roger Goodell? Is this Walt Anderson in his first big play as the super ref guy, review guy and in his first move? He said, I don't want these guys having fun anymore. Why can't guys be emotional in a game that they want people to care about in an emotional game? What is this about, Ian? Why are you guys letting this happen? I think if you. <laughs> I think if you ask members of the competition committee, and this is where the emphasis comes from, it's Rich McKay, uh, who is the chairman, it's Troy Vincent, who's heavily involved in, and does all the competition committee meetings. It's not that guys can't be emotional. They can be emotional. You want guys to be emotional. And I know that because we celebrate celebrations now. I mean, remember when celebrations used to be bad. Now we have like segments on NFL Network championing the best celebration, which I love. That's the way it should be. Yes. I just think um, – so I have two two kids, um, beautiful kids. They're awesome. They have great hair. Awesome. And all I really want is for them not to be mean to each other, right? Like that's – I want them to have fun and play sports and do whatever, but just don't be mean to each other. And I think that's sort of what this is about. Like, oh, don't, shut the fuck you up. You can spin the ball, but you can't do it in someone's face. Ian, I hope, like your ki- I hope your kids aren't watching. Okay, I hope your kids aren't watching. They are not. Okay, good news. Tell your kids I'm big fans of them, please. But that mindset that you just said right there, come, get over it, dude. All right, we got people trying to kill each other. Now, I know heads up football, but everybody wants their kids to watch professional athletes, and they're not just playing for money. They're playing for the love of the game, the love of their team, like college football players are. Now you want them to be robots and not be emotional and not be invested. I, there's there's different ways to look at that for the kids. Like, okay, I don't want them to be mean to each other. All right, that's one takeaway. I would like to argue that whenever somebody picks somebody up and then <laughs> places them on the ground in a very delicate fashion and doesn't put their weight on them, that could be perceived as mean, but actually it's just competition. It is sport. It is different in the realm of competition than it is in real life. You can't do a lot of things in real life that you can do in sports, so I just don't think that is right. an actual. I don't think that's a real. I don't think, hey, Ian, don't get me that hey, Ian, I, I don't need that right i don't have kids so maybe that's why i'm cold-hearted there never watch a disney movie no you were probably cold-hearted anyway but go well ahead. to be probably, what does that mean probably didn't that feel probably didn't feel that good me i don't care yeah yeah go ahead and let it eat call me cold-hearted but what i'm, what I'm saying to my kid is like hey if you work your ass off to accomplish something and I, maybe your kids should listen to this we'll clip this part where i don't i won't swear because kids might be watching if you work your ass off okay 
I think that is a yeah, swear you word. Cannot is it, say really? That. Right yes. off the bat. I think that is a technically a swear word. Into, Come on. It didn't really hit me until afterwards, but whenever little Midas Michael McAfee comes, okay, and if he watches, you know, his uncles in the NFL and his friends that are in the NFL, and they so happen to, you know, juju Ooh. on somebody after something good happens or makes a celebration. And Midas asked me, uh, why was he mean to him? Well, he was mean to him because he worked harder than that guy did. Okay, he uh, he beat that guy. That is what happens. He, he sacrificed his entire life to be able to do that, to make a good living, to represent for his team. And when he accomplished it, he was excited. And his way of handling it was by dunking on somebody else. Now, Midas, I don't know if you need to do that. Okay, we don't need that. But I'm telling you, that's how some people operate. Isn't that, can't we do that? Is that not a way we could spin this thing? That's, that's a good point. And I'm going to be really interested to see how this actually like is called and manifests itself on the field because it, people are going to really lose their minds if you have oh. the regular celebrations, but a guy happens, yeah, like you hold the ball out, you... Now, if you throw it at someone, I think that's bad. But, like, let's yeah. say spitting the ball, but yeah. someone's right there. <laughs> can't Are we calling that? Like, that's – I think that's what I need to know about the first couple weeks is, like, how big a sticklers are we going to be? Because no, nobody likes the moniker No Fun League, right? Like, they don't even say that anymore because of the celebrations. But that's what it's going to be if they start to... getting real, real stingy <laughs> on some of these, like – is it taunting? Is it not? But still a penalty. Ian, I, I hate to break this news to you, and I know you've been working in, in, in avoiding fights with the Titans head coach and things like that, but the No Fun League was trending for, I think, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Eight 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 hours. It, it came back. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I don't want to say what? it was potentially, you know, at the fire, man, and we threw a little gasoline <laughs> yeah. on it, but I, I do believe that the natural reaction was why because like you said back in the day there was no celebrations now there's entire segments it makes the entertainment better why are we trying to get rid of yeah. this and i assumed that if you make it a rule and say like hey you can't be egregious with it like throwing a ball at somebody like dancing on a logo like anything like that but the point of emphasis i think is what scares us all because points of emphasis we all know are like super like super yeah, regulated, yeah. right? And first couple of weeks, yeah. they'll probably change it. Last night, though, there was a situation yeah. where somebody did a ball drop. Somebody was in the area. They didn't call it. I wonder if Walt and the boys and Troy will say, hey, this should have been called, or if that's kind of the precedent that's being set, you know? I will ask about that because I would like to know, too, like should that have been a penalty or should that not have? Because it's, you know, we really should know the difference now, right? Between like, you know, let's say you make a big hit on someone, you stand over and you kind of like, like, that's not great. But holding the ball out, you know, something in their face and they happen to be, I don't know. I'm, I will ask your question because I, I hope that that was the right call. I hope so too, because you can't take emotions out of this. You know, you can't, you can't take emotions out of the sport. And some guy, I'm not saying everybody should be like that. Okay. And I think there was a lot of celebrations that were maybe a, you're doing too much. You know, like, I think there was a lot of that. But if somebody's natural move is to, ah, and even yell at somebody, like, I, why are we changing? Like, I don't know. Why are you taking that out of the competitive? Like, why are you taking competitors out of competition? I just, some people do things differently. And by the way, if the quiet person doesn't like that, easy way to stop it. Just make a play. You know what I mean? Like easy that like that's kinda how sports have always been handled. So I think, you know, like, hey, wear your seatbelt type law we got going on here, I think is maybe a, my natural reaction to be like, okay, I can put it on myself if I want to. If they don't want me to scream in their face, tell them not to fucking let me do that. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just a lot of that I think. I might be in the wrong, I might be old school, uh, I might not understand what's going on in the future, and I don't have any kids. So I guess that's an entire thing. Go ahead, Diggs. Ian. 
Joe Schobert, common Steelers, late round pick. What kind of pick are we looking at? What was going on in Jacksonville? He's a tackling machine. Why didn't Urban want him? They just paid him last year. What's going on, Ian? Yeah, is he good still? Oh, he's good. He's good. I was I was a little surprised by this. Now, I knew the Steelers were looking at all sorts of different options as far as trying to find a linebacker, right? They lost Vince Williams, which they were surprised by that. Like, he's a locker room leader, literally showed up to camp. I mean, Kevin Colbert, the GM, was telling me about this when I was there. Right before you guys jump, dump some absolutely incredible sandwiches in my lap. Um, hey, we appreciate he you, Rap Sheet. Man, we do. We really do. That was man, CFO that was film. Awesome. Anyway, drive. Um, yeah. Big move. Uh, so, right. So, basically, Vince Williams showed up. He was big into their plans, and they were like, he was like, I, I don't feel it anymore, so I'm not going to play. And they were on a mad dash for a linebacker. And Joe Schobert is good, he is kind of expensive. Um, seven and a half million dollars. So that's what the Steelers have mm. to pay now, and that's why it's a late round pick. And he is a tackling machine. He does have great numbers, but I think what's going on now is you're going to see the Jaguars' defense will probably look like the Ravens' defense, and they have good linebackers uh, generally with the Ravens, but they're not guys that cost a lot of money. Like they believe they can get it done without high-priced guys. They invest a lot in the front. They pay a lot of defensive tackles, but not a lot of linebackers. Same organization that let C.J. Mosley go because they didn't want to franchise him. Like, I think that's more what this is. Plus, he's an old regime guy, and you don't get the benefit of the doubt if you're an old regime guy. He and Urban got beef. Is it because he announced a drill winner? Like, Urban Meyer got on that thing. He was like, Joe Shepard just lost again, and it cost $7.5 Is <laughs> that happening down there, or is it just business? Uh, I think you are going to see – I don't know for sure that Urban fell out of love with Joe Schobert, but I do think you're going to see some interesting and fast declarations, decisions by Urban Meyer because that's kind of what Ooh, this is. Okay. Right? Like, I would imagine cut-down day and the next couple weeks for the Jags are going to be interesting. And you usually see a lot of turnover. You just don't usually see it in camp. Usually it's like – March and April is when you see the new coaches make their impact. I like that Urban's finally got it because remember his big problem was he didn't get a chance to meet a lot of the guys that he's bringing in before he even signed them. Now he's getting to meet them. He's like, that guy's not on the edge. Get him out of here. Yep. We, he ain't about Duval. Get him out of here as well. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't, obviously people will compare him to how Saban was when he went to the NFL and many, many other and um, also Chip probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chip had some success. Bobby Petrino. Uh, Petrino. I mean, he had a that hell didn't of a workout. At all, by the way, down there in Atlanta. I, from what I was told, there there was a allegedly a couple of players that were going to fight Petrino. Actually, <laughs> yeah, whenever he was at the, allegedly, these are just alleged things. Like, hey, you guys aren't allowed to speak on the bus, uh, Petrino. I got fucking more kids than you do. How about you? Ain't I been in the How about you get the hell out of here? How about that? Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rapshi. Two questions. One: Will we see Nick Casario on the sideline with a headset? And two: What sick son of a bitch at NFL Network put Cicliano in a massive chair last night? Yeah, let's. Uh, before we get to the Casario, let's talk about oh. Cicliano. The way you guys are handling him is unbelievable. Despicable. It, he should be filing every grievance he can possibly yeah. file. You had him sitting. In the same chair Willie McGinnis was sitting in, and you guys, the way the camera was, Willie's closer to the camera than Cisleano. So not only is he sitting on a love seat, or it looks like he's sitting on a love seat, they also put him further away from. I don't like what the NFL Network's been doing to Cisleano all training camp. Disgusting. Yeah, but so, back to Casario. Sorry there, about that. There's got to be a better word when you're sitting on a love seat by yourself. There's got to be a term for that. 
Like, it can't be called a love seat because there's obviously no love. You're by yourself. Well, that's what the NFL Network is showing, Cisliano, yeah. is the no wow. love seat they're putting. Yeah, look at that. Come on. They're, they, hey, that's not the only one, by the way. Whenever no. they're on the road yeah, out of practice. Camp him ones. next to Joe Thomas. They, they put, put him, him on a slant. Oh, they had him downhill to Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas closer to the uh, camera than him. Cisliano looked two feet tall. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. Cisliano, incredible host, by the way. Yeah. Big fan of the way he runs things. Thinks he's very calm. I think you guys need to have a little bit more respect for this guy, yeah, though. I think. He doesn't need to sit in David Baker's chair every single time <laughs> he goes on TV. That's all we're saying. Absolutely fair. Um, I, I think that is not, what, no. by the way, a love seat is called if it's only one person. Oh, a David Baker. A David Baker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Love you, David. He's just big. I mean, he's a yeah. great Four, guy, but just very large. 400 pounds. Let's get now back. Sorry that we kind of, because we do no. have some gripes with your network, with what they're doing, old sis, Donner, especially this week that Italians have had thus far. But oh. let's go to another Italian, Casario, down there uh, in Houston. Yeah. So I would, I would be surprised if he was on the sidelines uh, with a headset. And I don't know for sure if general managers are allowed to be, but... He was on the headset in New England in the booth. Uh, he was, I mean, that, one of the draws of him as a GM is that he can do a lot of things. He can jump in a drill and do it and get in the mix. He can has a great arm. He can throw to receivers. He can coach, which I believe he has done on some level. Uh, and he gets in the booth and uh, kind of up high and has a headset on and isn't involved. Maybe providing information, maybe just wanting to know what's happening, the inner workings of his team. It is a different setup, and I think, you know, when you have a situation like Deshaun Watson, everyone questions everything. True. I've never – I do have questions with how they are handling that, but I've never had questions with him being on a headset because as a GM, you should literally know every single thing happening with your team, and I think that does help him get informed. Okay, so Houston's fan base is incredible. Every time I played down there, they were loud. They were all in. I think it's a very – you know, old school, all the way back to the Oilers. It's a smart football fan base, I think. They're a passionate group. But what's going on down in the Texans right now? You got a pastor who thinks he's an owner. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You got an owner who thinks he's a pastor. You got a GM that thinks he's a coach. And you got a coach wants to be a fisherman. Wants to retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what the hell is going on down there? It, it seems like they are the team going into the season that has the most amount of shit. Is that is that inaccurate? Are they the ones going? Now, obviously. When I say shit, I'm not talking about the incredibly serious allegations that are happening outside of the football world to the most important player on the team, who is also the biggest salary cap hit at quarterback. And I don't know how that's going to get handled. You have always brought us in incredible information on that situation that has confused us on how they're going to manage that whole thing. But the Texans feel like a team that's destined for complete failure, right? At this moment, you can't win games. It's not easy to win games in the NFL, especially whenever everything seems to be going haywire. Are they... Are they going to have any success, you think? Is there any optimism coming out of that camp, or do they feel good about everything? Uh, I wouldn't describe them as feeling good about everything because there's so much. You're right. There's the, the obviously serious allegations against Deshaun Watson. There's basically complete roster turnover, just absolutely complete turnover. I mean, they just – I know they went in there and did not think very highly of the talent that had been accumulated, rightfully so. Um, they got rid of a lot of people, I think improved a little bit at basically every position. So they should be, with Deshaun Watson, a little bit better than last year and kind of moving up. 
problem is. I don't know if they're going to have Deshaun Watson. I know he is still intent on not playing there. So you talk about a situation where could they be terrible? Well, let's say at some point they eventually trade Deshaun Watson and they themselves are bad. Well, then if you fast forward a little bit, then you have a team that's terrible that will be trading their franchise quarterback for a ton of picks. So they'll have a high pick and then they'll get a lot of picks. And then they have very few players on the roster that anyone is tied to or tied to contractually. So I think that's what a restart looks like. So might they be bad this year? They could be bad, yes. But in the future, it's not that crazy, maybe. Easterby's looking at every other team and saying, hey, it's time to pay tides. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? What Easterby and McNair are going to do to rebuild that thing in their name, in their eyes, Ooh. in their vision. With Casario and Jesus himself at the helm, I mean, there is a chance this Texans team gets back because the AFC South is only growing. It's a bad time to be a Texan. Hopefully, they'll be able to figure that out. Go ahead, Ty. Thank you for your time, Rapport. Right, by the way. Ian, I know their uh, Twitter account said that there's you know no cause for concern or anything, but have you heard anything more about Dak's uh, little you know strain he's got going on down here? Uh, is like. He's in a tough spot, obviously, because they want to get him ready for the season. But is there any, I mean, like, is he going to miss an extended period of time in the preseason here with this? The way it was described to me was you'll probably see him in the third preseason game, which actually for the Cowboys is the fourth preseason game. But that is the hope. Get him on the field for, like, eight plays, let him throw two passes quickly, and get him out of there and start the season. I haven't sensed any concern. Um, I think the only reason there's concern is because the – Cowboys Twitter account tweeted that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they are a little different. You know, there are, they'll do like criticism, they'll do commentary. They are more open and opinionated than a lot of other teams' Twitter accounts. Um, but I do think it's hilarious because all they were trying to do is not raise concern. And then everybody read, it's, read that and were like, oh my God, there's concern. It's like when you start a conversation with, I'm not trying to insult you. And you're like, oh God, what is coming here? A little yeah. bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually, you know, I didn't actually panic because he was throwing. And he, if you read into it, Dak is actually, I think, waiting to get back to Dallas to get the MRI so they can further know what the hell is going on. But just like you, immediately upon hearing somebody say, this isn't a reason to worry, it's like, well, here we go. Here's a panic for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's just classic Twitter and overreaction. But I, I Dak, hey, that Washington football team, hey, with Fitz Magic. Seems like they are a lock for that NFC East. Dallas Cowboys. Wow, I do. I think so. Personally. The, Cow the Cowboys personnel is good. I agree. I mean, I agree. It is good. Always. Is. And Jerry, maybe we get a little bit more Jerry and Hard Knocks. Yeah. Maybe that'll change the way I view who's going to win the NFC East or not. And make a little bit more Jer, a little bit more Big Mike. Right. Let's keep Zeke in there. All right. Let's not. Let's let's keep this thing going. There's been a couple bad hard knocks. Everybody says I I enjoy because it it's like a peek inside of a building, like basically my life was. But I hope this could be very good with how great their personnel is. To your point, a lot of superstars walking around that building down there. Go ahead, Gumpy. Yeah, rap sheet. How much time do you think Tua is going to get tomorrow in the Dolphins' first preseason game? Uh, I would say my guess. I don't know this for sure, but my guess is. Um, probably not quite as much as everyone thinks because oh. um, I mean I well I'd have to go back and ask and, and look at this oh. I don't know how much he got last year. I know they want to get him reps Jesus, um, it's just it's never worth injuring anyone 
Um, so I'm sort of of the opinion of like, just get them, get get their feet wet, let them throw a couple of times, maybe get hit once in some sort of semi-safe way and get them out of there. Oh, okay. Um, hit in a safe diff- way. <laughs> you know, it's it's different. Don't be than, mean. Don't be mean. Hit them in a safe yeah. way. Don't be mean. You know. Don't taunt them. Don't be. Yeah. There you go. Hit them in a safe way. It's football. I mean, that's real life. It does sound like Tua's had a pretty good camp, and I don't know what he's going to end up being. But it seems like at least now he is a viable starter with a team with a defense that should be really good. Let's go. Like, you know, I think I think they'll be okay in Miami. We have one of the only Dolphins fans on earth here in the yeah. show. He's very excited. Wow. To see. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's actually yeah. the one who made Chan Gailey retire because he announced that he was dead, basically. Yeah. 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 Hell of a career, so Chan. Hell of that, a career. That hire did not go great. No. Well, that's how he felt, too, and he was very loud about it on oh, a regular yeah. basis, and we assume that members of the Gailey, uh, Gailey family saw that and maybe led to his whole thing. So we're, we're potentially tox- – our toxicity knows no bounds, especially when it comes to our Canadian bearded dolphin fan. Last thing before we get out of here, though, right, yeah, he's from north-left Canada. That's a lot to handle right there. Fan of the dolphins down here, yeah. Attack. It makes no sense. He also loves the Red Sox, which are over here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go Sox. Which makes no sense. They stink, huh? No, no we're very good. We're going to make it in the wild card. We're better than the Yankees. No, nah, Yan- Yankees are hitting bombs, dude. You yeah. see what they did last They're hitting game? bombs and losing games. Well, that's because they put Bear in it. You can't fucking put <laughs> yeah, that guy Britain in um, Britain, yeah. By the way, you mentioned the Yankees game last night. So the home run in the, I guess it was the top of the ninth, um, into the cornfield, the Yankees hit. Uh, there was a great shot of a very large Yankee fan going absolutely crazy on TV. Whoa. My college roommate. Oh! <laughs> we saw a big drunk out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Pretty great moment. How much did he pay for that? Did he win the lottery, get the ticket into there? Did you reach out to him? And how, how did he get in? There was, I guess, they were selling for... Yeah, I saw people scalping him, like, two tickets for 10000 bucks uh, last night. He has been planning to go for, like, two years, so I think he had, I think he had the tickets on lock. Yeah, what a heartbreaker there at the very end. Yeah, what a Last bummer. question. So great. I love it. Going into the weekend before we get out. Of, who are you, a Mets guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. They fucking stink. You're a Mets guy? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming off a big sweep, by the way. Who cares? I mean, they stink, right? They're not going to be in the game. They're not going to be in the game. Nah, Braves are coming. Get DeGrom back in September. Get Syndergaard out of the bullpen. There's a lot of good things happening with the Mets coming up. Not right now, but coming up. How many home runs did the Mets hit in Iowa? None. <laughs> Next question. Let's move forward. <laughs> Last question before we get out of here, Ian. Can't thank you enough for your time on this beautiful rap report, wrap up and friends, rap sheet, wrap up and friends conversation here on this Feel Good Friday the 13th. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We don't know anything. What do you know? It looks like he's slinging it all over the yard in the buckets. How is the whole kumbaya situation going? We saw Gunther Kuntz's press conference immediately after Aaron's 35-minute piece of art that he did. Gunther Kuntz came in there, still a little snotty, still a little arrogant. I think he came off as a big, fat stooge in that particular uh, instance. But they said there's pictures of them talking again. What do you know on your side? Are they getting back together? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Packer for a long haul? Is that the eyeball? Is that how it looks right now? Or are we still doing the same? It's just business. So when this deal happened, immediately everyone was like, all right, one more year for Rodgers, last dance. Uh, you know, him and Devontae did the pictures on Instagram together, and that's it. I am not so sure, Oh, honestly. I'm really not, because they seem not kumbaya, but fine, right? I mean, you don't have to be best friends with the GM. It's happened. All over the NFL, you have star players who are 
fine but not best friends with management. It's management. It's not like you have to be best friends with your boss. Although, obviously, in your show, you're the boss and everyone is actually best friends with you, but <laughs> it's not always like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, It'll yeah. end at yeah. some point, but nah, we know that. Nah. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, there'll, yeah. there'll be a last dance. This, uh, this will end before then. This will have a Belichick, like, hey, it seems like our time is about... Yeah, and then it'll end before it gets to that. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, I've already told you guys you're gonna have to do something else probably at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to smoking cigarettes and you know laying concrete there. Yeah. Nah, you'll have too Boston much money. You have too much money to get back into that concrete thing. You'll probably blow through too many cigs if I. That's guess. true. Especially with that new mullet you got, but what? Man, man mustache. What? <laughs> All right, sorry about that, but you're right. Yeah, you don't always um, have to get along with your boss. I, I really think. I really, I don't know if he's, I do not know if he's going to be back next year, but I think they're going to be really good. I think if they are going to start paying attention to him and listening to what he says, and even if they don't do always do what Roger says, just understanding his point of view, yeah. I really think it could be okay. Like he has said very clearly, and as you mentioned, that absolute masterpiece of a press conference, he doesn't want to be a lame duck quarterback, which at least would make me think that he thinks about possibly coming back again so he's not a lame duck. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe they had to get through it and get out the other side to kind of appreciate things. I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of options as far as how it actually ends eventually. Yeah, I think one side uh, does appreciate things. The other side is Ingrid's. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I... I think I know which side you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Just to make sure we had that clear. Double check. Because mm-hmm. the way you were describing things, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're talking about both roads there. I, I think no. I think it's a one-way street of suck <laughs> happening for a long haul. It's just me personally. I am biased because Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is back. Yeah! Wow. Wel- yeah, you're welcome. That'll help your, out- that'll help your season out, I think, right? <laughs> Did you just make the announcement, or did we knew this right? We knew this right. This guy stinks. All right. <laughs> Yesterday, dude. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I was playing golf. Jeez. Oh, how is it? How's the game? How's the game? Shot 85. It's fantastic. It great. How many mulligans yep. breakfast ball did you fluff? No. What, played with one ball the whole time. Wow. Uh, I shot 39 in the back. Life is absolutely good. I'm never playing again. It's too good now. Yeah, this was that your last round of the year? Yeah, before football season? Now you got to actually work and stop being just a slap dick? <laughs> I, may, I may, may sneak in a couple more. We'll see. Why does that keep happening? I don't know. Bullshit. Hey, Ian, we can't thank you enough. Have an incredible weekend. We're so thankful for you keeping us updated on everything that's happening in the NFL world. Enjoy the uh, preseason. Are you on NFL Network all day this weekend or no? Uh, I am. I will try to sneak in a couple appearances before the games. I'll go go to the pool, come do TV, go back to the pool. See how it goes. What a life, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> host of Rap Sheet, Wrap Up, and Friends, the show that's on hiatus, Rap Sheet and Friends, mm. and a insider for NFL.com and NFL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Thank you. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions. Millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons. Most of them, what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. AJ, did you watch any of the preseason games last night? And if you did, can you tell me why I got attacked by the internet uh, with me saying that it appears as if Mac Jones is not going to stink? That's what my big takeaway from the night was last night. Watching him, his confidence, his poise, the two-minute, the hurry-up. It seems like he made no MAs. He missed a couple throws. If he hits one to Gunner, who he is used to throwing to. To Jalen Waddle and not a cornerback from Bemidji State. And Smith, who ran a 4-2 or something like that if he wanted to. He overthrows him by half a yard. It's a complete different night. I I fear for everybody that Mac Jones is not going to stink. I, I think he's going to be good, AJ Hawk. Why? Why are people upset by this? Though? Uh, because Ryan Mallett, yeah. obviously, ten years ago, he had a good preseason game. Uh, I was told Joe Flacco is he going to be a fucking MVP? That's what people were told because he threw a screen pass for a touchdown last night and looked very comfortable. It's like no, and, and also he didn't just throw a checkdowns. His average uh, distance was like seven point something yards or what? It's just for me. I got attacked. I think because of the hatred for the Patriots, and I think that is something that. On the opposite end of that, as somebody who's a Patriots fan, the way he's feeling, the complete opposite is how everybody else feels. And the way Connor feels is... Well, I mean, a year ago, everyone was talking about the dynasty being dead forever, and here we are a year later, and holy shit, we got 15 more years of Super Bowl football. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. So that's where he's at, okay, and that's where New England's at. And I had a lot of check marks from the New England area retweeting that tweet, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of mass holes coming in like, yeah. We did it. We're back. But on the flip side, I think a lot of people thought that dynasty was dead, and we were never going to have to hear from these motherfuckers again after Tom Brady went down to Tampa and won those Super Bowl. I think that is what people thought I was implying. I'm not. I was just saying after the first preseason game, with all that you can get out of reading the first preseason game, I feel as if he's not going to stink. I think he's going to be really fucking good, actually. Now, I don't know if he's going to be great, but I think he's not going to stink. And that is a nightmare for 31 other franchises who were celebrating their demise just a little bit ago, I think. Okay, so I I understand now more why people are coming at you. It's uh, yeah, so people are just fed up with the Patriots winning. They're saying, hey, their time is done. They, We don't want to watch them dominate again. Hey, who cares? Whatever. Like, <laughs> get over that. But when it comes to – I would be more worried. Or more, I'd be questioning who's going to be our starting quarterback. Like, do you have – how do you feel about Cam? I know he didn't throw the ball down the field much, didn't have many, many opportunities. But is Cam still the guy? I, obviously, we're not changing anything now. But I think you have to feel good about it if you're a Patriots. Like, hey, man, we got some guys. Did you see – See Johnny Smith's catch too early? Okay, mm-hmm. Johnny looks like a guy. I think they're going to need one more weapon if they want to keep up with the top of the AFC. I just, it just, I think they were allegedly in on Julio, so they might be thinking the same thing. Michael Thomas seems like he was available maybe a couple days ago, and I think New England's name got thrown out there because they do have the capability to go yep. and make a play there. But did you hear the pop when Mac Jones came on the field? Did you see that reaction? Didn't he have a – I thought I saw a clip where he, they like over a minute standing O. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was fucking banana land, dude. They were going crazy for him. And we thought maybe Boston Connor here was over-exaggerating how excited he was for Mac Jones with every day came a new story or rumor or uh, fairy tale or folklore or 
Tall tale about Mac Jones, and oh, yeah. every day Connor was just eating it like Zeke at a bowl. I mean, uh-huh. just at old Zeke at a bowl, uh-huh. just absolutely going in. I think all of New England's feeling that way. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we've never really had like a rookie first round quarterback come in and have like the hype and expectations around him. Because like when Tom came in, obviously 199 wasn't supposed to be the guy, and we haven't had one maybe since Ryan Mallett, if you want to throw that guy's name back out there. But that's why everyone's so pumped. You finally get a rookie quarterback, you know, you go seven and nine, maybe we can turn this whole thing around. And it looks like we will. <laughs> I agree well, when guys. Tom came in, too, though, the, the Patriots weren't the Patriots. Yeah. Tom made them the Patriots. True. Yeah, and time. without Tom, there's no – this is kind of like what Troy Aikman said to Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones on the Hall of Fame thing. Like, those two, I guess, have had super beef. They've been friends since college, uh, freshman year of college. They were roommates or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and Troy goes, hey – Hey, listen up, Jimmy. Great hair. Okay, love the house down the keys that you got. You beam in from uh, to Fox, and you do great on TV. I love you as a coach. I love you as a peer here at Fox. Uh, you wouldn't have been a coach you were without Jerry. And Jerry, by the way, just exactly the same thing there. You wouldn't have been anywhere near the owner without Jimmy. Like, hey, you two need each other. That'll obviously be the Tom Bill Belichick thing. But you're right. That dynasty didn't start until Drew Brees. <sighs> wow. Took one of the hardest shots in the history of football. It took him to a hospital and then ended up retiring. Like he gets, so. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bledsoe. Same thing. Drew Brees is completely okay. By the way, he had broken lungs and yep. ribs last mm-hmm. year. But Drew Bledsoe goes into the winery after that shot. The dynasty begins. But Mac Jones potentially coming in, being the first what fourteenth pick, fifteenth, fifteenth, yeah, fifteenth pick overall in the NFL draft after their first bad year in forever. You know, in in Cam. Cam is up against it here. Cam is very lovable. I love I love Cam after what he did last year. And then if he does anything wrong this year with the way they react, that is a Mac Jones town, I think, until they're deemed otherwise. Cam doesn't deserve it. Hey, Cam does not deserve it. He could have won more games last year, I guess, but he didn't have a great roster around him. So he's just kind of in the situation he's in there. But that is a Mac Jones town, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you guys talked about it yesterday, like the pocket presence, that type of stuff is so important. And just clearly already, Mac seems to have like a much better feel as opposed to Cam, who doesn't have a bad feel, but everybody wants to see Mac and he can make the checks at the line with blitzes that Cam has obviously struggled with, struggled with it last night, which led to the Chase Young forced fumble. Had to get the jitters out there on that first pass a little low. Guy caught it, and then Bill was like, I'm out. It's fucking preseason. I'm not challenging. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, what do we have now? We have a third down play. Cool. We'll work on a third down situation. It's kind of how Bill, who also allegedly got upset with Ron Rivera calling a timeout with 21 seconds left in the preseason game. Bill Belichick going, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. What are we fucking doing here? All right. What were you going to say, though, Diggs? Uh, yeah, I was agreeing with AJ and what you guys are talking about. Like, it's a great Mac. I thought looked great last night, but you're not going to win a lot of games sitting on the bench being the backup. Yeah. Oh, you're saying they need to start him now? Yeah. Well, no. It's the big- what about Cam? What if Cam I mean, comes uh, out and balls, dude? Yeah, but when's the last time that's happened? It has been a few years. There's a lot of injuries yeah. that have happened. He's healthier now than he's ever been, which takes me to another quarterback. Tom Brady says he feels better than he has in 14 years. Whew. Greatest of all time. Since first time I haven't worn a knee sleeve in forever. Got his knee fixed. Last year was allegedly not fun pain-wise, but Tom just powered through and they won. Allegedly behind the scenes. And this is not the first time that Tom Brady has battled through something that would be very painful to go and play football. The guy loves the sport. Remember, he had a... Uh, almost damn near yeah. sutured up thumb or sutured mm-hmm. on thumb two days because old Rex ran into him on a handoff exchange before a playoff game. The thought was he wasn't going to play. Put a glove on, shot it up, 
one, obviously. Yeah. I think like that is what Tom Brady has done. Nobody talks about his durability, mostly because he falls down if anybody's around him. Like that's kind of his move. Like I'm gonna get to the ground as fast as possible here. But if he was playing through as much pain as Clyde Christensen said he was last year about how uncomfortable it was, who's his quarterback coach, and now he's feeling even better. He had a good offseason, second year in the system, got his guys back. I mean, that's scary for everybody, I think. I think it's absolutely scary. To th- like, you can't see, like, Tom slowing. It doesn't look like Tom's slowing down, is what I- I'm saying. Like, any could be. It helps that he never was, like, a, an out-of-the-pocket guy that's flying around. He doesn't have to to count on that because guys eventually their legs will go and they'll slow down a little bit but tom doesn't need that and his arm seems to be as strong as it ever has so whatever he's figured out he he has it he has it rolling and he has the like it's his mindset that's the biggest thing about tom i feel like his mindset drives everything like he doesn't care he's just gonna find a way he's gonna win he's gonna play through everything he's gonna find a way to get pissed off get a chip on his shoulder he's gonna win he's still pick 199 in his mind and with a quarterback coach like clyde telling him you know Niners picked Josh Rosen over here. And yeah. Other places like that. He will continue to be motivated. Now he's healthy. We all know about the TB12 and pliability. It looks like he's going to be able to play. And while we were chit-chatting there about him never really being a guy that flies around, so his durability is able to last longer than some of the guys that maybe take more shots outside of the pocket, which is an added bonus to the game. It's not a drawback, but you're jeopardizing long-term, long-term stuff. Whenever you're playing like that, you're adding a different dynamic. I'm not trying to slight the out-of-the-pocket pocket mobile quarterback athlete quarterback i love it i think it's a big part of the game but i wonder just alongside everybody else especially with the mac jones conversation going to san francisco over the potential trey lance or justin fields or somebody that can move uh we wonder like is the pocket quarterback i i don't know if you ever did aj you're much smarter than i in the football world is the pocket quarterback potentially dead with this the pocket passer potentially dead with the way the offense is, with RPOs, with the way the rules are. Offense alignment are basically allowed to be down the field if you're doing some stuff, which is a massive advantage. You got to use every single square inch of the field. You can do that now if your quarterback can move. It adds a lot of things. And I, you know, why would you get a quarterback that couldn't move in nowadays with the way the offense is? The pocket passer will survive forever, huh? Yep. Because there is a there's a proven success. You have to have a line, obviously, because you have to have a pocket when you have a pocket passer. But there will always be a place for somebody that can just stand in there and throw it, even though those jobs are probably going to become much smaller in the coming future. Right, AJ? Well, yeah, and think of where they're getting those quarterbacks from. They're all coming from college, running these spread offenses, and they're in the gun, and they have to have these RPOs. So you're naturally you're having more like athletic guys playing quarterback i think early on like i don't think it's going to turn to where everybody is like lamar jackson type quarterback where they're so athletic and they run for so many yards but it definitely will be i mean mahomes is pretty much a, a pocket guy but he can move he's deceptively fast he's very his pocket savvy is unbelievable and he can backpedal like you say and throw it a million miles but yeah i think that i mean a hybrid seems like the best of both like aaron is absolutely a pocket guy he can be that guy yep. but he's so athletic and so quick and does have that pocket presence, though, to just slide and, and move in the pocket. Well, Aaron also, and I think that is why Patrick Mahomes and Aaron are always, you know, same commercial, same conversations, same everything, basically, because Aaron has his own, that hybrid slot is very much, Aaron, like Aaron owns that in the history of football. That is, and the thing about it is, he has that ability to move just like Patrick Mahomes does. And Patrick Mahomes said that he did this in a Super Bowl and he needs to work on it. But Aaron somehow avoids the temptation. Whenever things are crashing down, he still is like, all right, pocket passer, pocket passer, pocket passer. And then it's like, all right, now I have to make a move or whatever. There was a lot of plays last year even where that 
pocket is all the way on him and he's just sitting in there delivering it when he could have just skirted out. Everybody remembers the play before the field goal. Like he was looking to pass, 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 but he has that ability to move. Patrick Mahomes, very similar thing. But I, always, I just thought that there was a chance if you couldn't move, if you couldn't be a hybrid, if you couldn't be the all-out best athlete on the field quarterback like Mar Jackson is, Kyler Murray has a little bit of that. He's going to continue to hopefully get better and better at that whole thing. I just thought you had to move. And that's why Mac Jones had to have a second pro day, actually, because they wanted him off-balance throws and moving. So I thought that was like a very common narrative. And then watching, you know, like Tom, that would then mean that I would have to be saying like, oh, well, then Tom's not going to be able to keep up with this league for four or five years. And it's like, if they protect him, he'll be able to yeah. do whatever he wants forever. There will always be a place for that. And I think people were trying to tell me that whenever I was being a bit uh, dramatic maybe about that whole thing. I would want a guy that can move personally but there's definitely a way to win if mac jones can't move which who knows if he can or not i mean they said he's much more athletic than you think and all that right four six three but him and cam vastly different obviously. Yeah. but if he can sit in there with mcdaniels with that offense with the reeds too if they're running the same one that edelman was able to eat off of and mac and the wide receiver can be on the exact same page and the the photographic memory can tell him exactly what's going on i mean there's a chance that that offense is going to be going I mean, there's a chance, especially if everybody thinks that Belich or McDaniels is the heir and Steve Belichick is the heir and then Matt Patricia is the GM heir. It's like they'll be able to keep that in system forever. They just got to hope that their success, and it appears as if there there's definitely a chance that that could happen. Well, and him coming from Sarkeesian's offense doesn't hurt either because that was, you know, the NFL prototypical, a lot of motion, the RPOs and all that. But even if you look at a lot of these quarterbacks that have been drafted, like Burrow's definitely a pocket guy, can still move. Herbert obviously can move. I mean, there are a few. It, it's almost like a lot of the dudes, because of how the offenses in college are with the spread, no matter what, they have to kind of have a little bit of. Mac, though, did not. That Alabama no, offense didn't. was him sitting there. Yeah. And it was seven on seven, basically. Yeah, because when they would run the ball with Najee, he would go. And then when they wouldn't, he would be able to just hit Devontae Smith wide open he, down the middle. He was sitting in full perfect form. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw him yeah. a lot, and he was just not moving. Everybody else, though, does have to move. AJ, you were going to say something. I'm sorry, what was it? Oh, I mean, I think you, to be like successful quarterback for like a long time, to have a long career, you can't be like a a, th- a run first guy where the things break down. And you know, they were, wasn't it Mitch? They were trying to get Mitch to stay in the pocket longer. He wasn't trusting. And then all of a sudden, you want to use your athletic ability and get out when if you just need to hang a, a beat longer for something to open. I think if it's guys that are passers first and they have the athletic ability and they can beat you with their legs, like that's what you want. Not a guy that his first instinct is, oh, let's tuck this thing and run because I'm more athletic and I can beat everybody. Now, unless you're Lamar Jackson. Okay, if you're Lamar Jackson. He's, that's the thing. Like, there's there's a few outliers. He's an absolute outlier because I'm like, okay, can you move like Lamar? Can you throw like Lamar? Do you have his mindset? Okay, then don't – like, he's he's different. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's an alien. One Jumps board. over jet skis or oh, runs into him on the beat. Like, he just does everything. He moss a couple guys in flip-flops. I mean, yeah. he's great. It, like – him hitting that guy with that stutter step spin move and oh. falling, the guy falling, it's like that does dumped his pants, came back and led, led him to victory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about that? Uh, that is awesome. But to your point, Josh Allen, he was moving a lot. He got yeah. better at passing. Baker Mayfield, he was moving a lot early. He got better in the pocket. Patrick Mahomes still. I was getting out of the pocket more. It seems like although the narrative is is very much like, hey, 
out of pocket, out of pocket, got to be able to make these off-balance throws, got to be able to move, got to be able to extend plays. I think that is all accurate. I think that is all 100% accurate. But when you listen to these quarterbacks talk, they all say, I got to get better in here. Like, this is where I got to get better. You got to be accurate. You got to be an accurate passer, like a consistently accurate guy, no matter what your athletic ability is. Did you see Dewey Haskins last night? Hey, slinging it. Speaking of 15 overall picks. How do you feel about Dewey Haskins as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? I think he was, what, 16 of 22 for like 170, led three touchdown drives. I don't know. Is that good? You tell me if that's what you want out of your quarterback for a football team. What did Mason do? Mason was 8 of 9 for like 70-something. Dyson. Yeah. He almost got, almost got Najee killed. He did killed. almost get Najee killed, which did piss me off pretty bad. Uh, you were unhappy? Pretty bad. It was classic pretty, Mason yeah, where he dropped back, and, and when bit. he doesn't know where to go, like when things don't open up for him, he panics, and then he stared at, at Najee for about, I don't know, three or four seconds and said, hey, I'm going to throw this ball to this guy in like three seconds. Everyone run as fast as you can at him. And then when they threw, when he threw it. it to him. So he pointed at him. Yeah, pretty and much. And then threw the ball to him. Going there. That's awesome. But he did have, he, like, Mason will make a nice throw every once in a while, but then he'll do some shit that just... My completion in the NFL, I did stare down my receiver, so I don't want to judge them for that, but it does feel as if <laughs> quarterbacks that are good in the NFL have a, an ability to disguise where they're headed. It, it is... Very it, eye manipulation is a huge part of mm-hmm. being a quarterback. And Mason, I, if you're saying that it was a problem last night, even though he won eight to nine, almost killed a guy. The the pit. I mean, Mason doesn't move, right? That guy can't move. No, no. do he? Does do he run? Mm-hmm. A little bit. He can not really. I mean, he can, but yeah, that's not his thing. Yeah, he's a slinger, right? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't. He, I don't. He, Mac Jones probably ran a better forty time than he did. His first touchdown yeah. pass last night, though, he broke out of the pocket on the run, put one in the oh, back yeah. of the end zone. Like he can, he can maneuver through the pocket well enough to scramble and throw. He can extend the play. Yes, that's Ben Roethlisberger, by the oh, way, yeah. just classic extending the play. Is Pittsburgh excited for Dwayne Haskins mostly because you hate Mason Rudolph, or because you think like, yeah, this guy Bingo. actually? I don't I don't think that first part hurts Dwayne, but he has like all everything that everyone's tweeting out, like who's been at camp and stuff like that, says he's looked good. So it, it's both things combined. Jalen Hurts last night also big time, you know, spotlight on what the Eagles are going to look like this year. Sirianni talked to the media before the game about the game, and his thoughts were this. Well, Jalen's going to go out there and he's going to break down the defenses as complex as they may be he's going to do it very simply and very efficiently because i've been talking to him all week about the the minor small details and that's how we're going to beat the pittsburgh Steelers. we're going to win this football game and jalen's going to look good during this football game sirianni actually said we'll win this game or i'll I'll quit i think he said right and know what he said he was uh, i've considered it but once again we didn't get to implement the kobayashi element for tonight's game because you know just things were not ready covid covid has you know ran rampant on on us in in that <laughs> regard but we will get that implemented those little things those little small details that we love we're going to get those ready to go before the next game and we win we will win our next football game you can, i guarantee you you can mark that down <laughs> Wow. So, you know, thanks, Coach. The, uh, Coach, can I ask you a question? <laughs> All right, here we go. Yep. He's a press Coach, conference. This is a press conference, yeah. Hey, Coach, what's your, uh, what do you think your record is going to be this year? Well, again, it, de- it depends on those uh, the things we're trying to do, those small minor details. And a lot of that comes back to Jalen's play. He's a competitor. He loves playing rock, paper, scissors with me in the meeting rooms. He, he does pretty well. I think he's won about 64% of those games right now. If I had to guess, you know, our division is, I mean, it's NFC East Smash Mouth football. So I, I, I don't know if I had to guess. So 
I would be very, very happy if we won at least four games this year. <laughs> coach, uh, you being a first-year coach, Mike Tomlin's been in the league a long time, very successful. Did you talk to him pregame? Did you learn anything from Mike last night? Uh, not really. Tomlin kind of clowned me so before mean. the game because I think he saw some of my previous press conferences, <laughs> and I didn't get any FaceTime with him, but I did hear someone say, this guy is a fucking stooge. So I figured, <laughs> I figured that they, he didn't want to talk to I Again, I don't know. I had a football game I needed to get ready to coach. Thanks, coach. You, AJ, this is so Wait, what are you over here? No, no. Somebody called him a, a stooge, but you, you said this is so rude. You're the first one to ask the question. You're the first member of the press. I didn't, I didn't know where it was going. I oh, I'm sure you did. Anyways, let's get to Jalen, though. Jalen, <sighs> there was a ball to Goddard. Yeah. Goddard out to the right uh, seemed to be like uh, maybe a, a, a little banana route. Yeah, it seemed like it. It's almost like a post, but out. Spider too wide. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it, fuck it. I, they, <laughs> the dude ran a route. He was pretty well covered. And Jalen threw an absolute seed. I mean, it was a rope. It was a seed. It was right in a spot. The only spot it could have been led him. He could still run. It was a perfect ball. and I didn't get a chance to really see a lot of the game because I only got to see one of the games here in, N in Indiana on NFL Network, which is it's 2021. Fucking A, can I not watch goddamn game? Come on. Right, $113 billion was just sent, and I can't find the Steelers-Eagles game. And I don't know why I wanted to watch it, probably because the punting competition happening in Pittsburgh. But Jalen, I think, looked very, very good in some some aspects missed that one ball down to the left there was a drop that affected an entire drive that would have changed everything but i think Jalen looked very good as well last night so if you're an eagles fan there's a probably not a lot to celebrate with the entire roster especially a statue was built just a couple day or a couple years ago but maybe hey maybe things are going here no as, as someone who in the past has not been a Jalen fan i thought he did like he threw some good balls last night even the deep ball that he missed to the left um I don't even know if that was on him or the wide receiver, but no, I was kind of impressed by Jalen. Okay, so I'm looking at the stats. I didn't get to watch the whole game here. Jalen Hurts, 3 of 7 for 54 yards. Joe Flacco, 10 of 17, 178 yards, 1 TD, 79 yards of that yeah. screen. Okay, I get it, and that was the one touchdown. But that's still 99 yards, right, if you do the math, 178 minus 79, I think is how long it was. So 99 yards against Hurts is 54 yards, 17 attempts versus 7 attempts. Uh, why is Flacco getting all this extra work know. instead of Jalen Hurts, AJ? Is it because footsteps Flacco is potentially going to be? Well, yeah, they got to keep him fresh because you never know when you're going to need the footsteps to come in and save the day. But Hurts only had two series, I think. So he only so does that mean he's definitely the starter? Seems Feels like that, right? yeah. yeah, that that that's what it looks like, doesn't it? His relationship with Devontae as well. Like if Devontae Smith's out there on the left side where he barely overthrew that dude for the ninety five yard touchdown, you, you know, he might catch that and take he it back. inside too, I think, on that particular one. But the True. I don't think the wide receiver stacked the corner, which is another full conversation to be had on was it the quarterback's fault or wide receiver's fault? And if we had Orshlovsky or Trent Dilfer, well, where he threw the ball is where the son of it should have been. <laughs> you know, that seems to always be the way, which, by the way, might be right. Who knows? But I think in real life it's not as easy as just, oh, stack the guy who runs a 4-2. You should be able to do that, and then we'll be able to put the yeah. ball out there. But I'm pumped for preseason football. Dan Campbell, MCDC, debuts tonight. There's no way Woo! the Lions lose, A.J. Hawk. I, I, I actually saw you guys talking about this. It does seem to make sense, right? Like the Lions should win 95 to nothing tonight. Yeah. Yes. Boom. 100%. How much is golf playing? Do we know? All, I want to say starters four. were the first half. All four quarters for golf, no, I think. In all honesty, I thought 
I thought I saw a quarter. I could be wrong, Foxy. It was a quarter of first half. I'm, I saw it like a couple days ago. I want to see golf. Like, I'm excited to watch yeah, the, same. the Lions' def- or offense play. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. I'm excited to see him, too. This kind of stuff just makes my blood boil, man. Hey, what about game day? First time as a head coach wow. not, for the Lions. I guess you were an interim head coach for the Dolphins. But <laughs> now that you've become the mascot for all of Detroit, <laughs> was there a different order of coffee this morning with the first game on the horizon? Absolutely not, man. Same thing. Big Vanty. Need the Vanty. Uh, and then, again, you know, two two black eyes in each of them. Douche, 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 douche. Need to have it, man. That's I'm, like I'm ready to four. go. Is Hey, coach. Well, that was game day, man. Did you watch anything last night to kind of get your head, you know, right into the right space or no? Uh, no, I actually just went out back to my patio and slammed my head against the concrete wall for about 16 hours, man. Got to get ready. It's football, man. I love it. I don't have any questions. <laughs> I heard you say, hey, coach. Yeah, I heard it. Go you- ahead. I, I thought I had a question. I do not. All right, let's get to the five-hour energy phone lines. Good luck to the Lions tonight. Obviously, we're betting on the Lions. We love Bill's Mafia, but this game doesn't count. All right? It only counts for one person, one city, one team, and that is MCDC Detroit Lions. Hell yeah. Preseason team in football. You're right. 0-16. They went 4-0 in the preseason that season. Amen. Actually, Paul, the Ravens haven't lost in 17 preseason games all the way back to 2015. Gumpy oh, there with a, an incredible stat. That was unbelievable. That is a little nuke. <laughs> yeah. That is a Gumpy nuke right there. I think I saw that going around the internet, so Nick saw the same tweet that I probably that's saw. More, Sorry, Gumpy that, saw. Yeah. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like That's more impressive than Cal Ripken's streak, probably. Hell yeah. how, do you, well, how do you win that many preseason games in a row? Do you think they have, like, you know how in baseball games they count the amount of Ks, the strikeouts somewhere? Yep. Do you think in Baltimore they have just like a, like a um, what are those things called? Like a hash tally, mark. Tally, tally on how many preseason games straight. And do you think Harbaugh pointed at that last night and said, hey, let's go get fucking 17. Let's go get 18. Do you think he's doing that? Do you think he is? Mo- cause Absolutely. That's really impressive, I think, actually. But I mean, have- I don't know if it's it's – it's just weird. Like I can't. I don't know how it happens. Like I'm sure you know. Like there's a. It's a lot of players don't know what the score was at the end of a preseason game. I could not tell you how many preseason games we won or lost. I can tell you how many times I did a front flip in slow motion on HBO, though, and that was once when the Bengals were on hard knocks and I got a punt blocked. And what I'm saying there is that's the worst moment of preseason history for me, and I made sure I didn't do that again. We're trying to get through there. But they must focus on the details more than everybody else because the details are what lose your preseason games because a lot of guys have no idea what coverage they're in. A lot of guys have no idea what special teams units they're Harbaugh, hey, Harbaugh's a special teams guy, so you know he he's like, hey, all these other teams got substitution errors, all the, the stuff that the Giants had to run for at practice, like not having enough guys on field goals. He's like, that will not happen here. And that's going to win us every one of these fucking preseason games. Now, when it's an entirely different team we're playing, we're, we have wearing our uniforms on the football field when the regular season starts, we're going to try to carry over this win streak. But what we're saying is the details, we're all battered around here. Well, and also, don't forget, they've they've had great backup. Tyrod. Boom. Bob Triple Sticks. What? They dra- Ozzie Newsom's a great drafter. What? what? Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. What? What? Jimmy's famous. What? what? Super spreader events. What? what? Are they still doing that? I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a while. Hope they're all right. Maybe Troy Smith was there. Troy Smith. What? Uh, Flacco. What? What? Starter. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's got that five irons in front lines. But they'd be up 30 to nothing by the time he come out of the first quarter. Yeah, you're right. I understand. And that continued last night for the uh, Eagles with Joe Flacco. He's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his record in preseason? 26-0. Maybe, right? Because he's well, carried that over. lost last night. Oh, yeah. One. Or four last <laughs> night. He didn't start, though. Yeah. Not true. So, yeah. just like old buddy got a win last night for the uh, White Sox. Yeah, Hendricks. Yeah, he got a win whenever they gave up the lead but then got it back. Is it because he didn't give up the lead? No, he gave up the lead. It's because he was the last pitcher in yeah. the game, yeah. and then they won in the bottom of the ninth, so he gets the win. The guy, the closer? Yeah, who gave up four runs in the ninth. Yeah, he gets the win because, yeah, he blew he blew a save, and then... Is a blown save? He still has the blown save. So, yeah. So he'll have seven blown saves on the year. I think he had six going into the night. Joe Buck was pointing that out as it seemed to be unraveling. Right. And which great commentating, by the way. I don't know why nobody. So he has seven blown saves, but he gets a dub. Yeah. So he's the only pitcher to ever win in the middle of Iowa, and he potentially had the worst half <laughs> inning out of anybody. For oh, sure. Yeah. Congrats to him, dude. That's yeah. where he got. And he had an interview, right? Yeah. About two innings before that. With who? Tim Kirchin? No, it was with Bums. Joe Buck. Bummer. We need more corn content, by the way. They did an entire corn piece with that guy wearing a bow tie thing talking about how there were some tough winds that were blowing down these stalks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were knee-high by the 4th of July, but then old Mother Nature said, let me blow some of them down. So they had to actually put up beams to hold all of the corn up so that they could get that beautiful outfield that we saw on TV last night. It was a good move. Yeah, they need a couple D-Rogers to go out there through the yeah. fields and get rid of some of them tall, uh, tall stalks. I didn't like how they used fake hay. Really? Yeah, there's a couple ones in that, like uh, the pitchers. Uh, uh, what do you call that? The, um, the bullpen. The bullpen. Yeah, they had a fake hay there. I was so mad. Fake hay. hay? Fake hay. Was, yeah, it was like basically just like posters in front of boxes. No. Yeah. Pull I don't up. want to take anything away from FOD. Nah. I'm not taking anything away. Pull it up. There's. You got it. I'm putting it up right now. Hey, did they not market this game? Who gives a oh, shit? Oh, no, they did. Yeah, they did. No, they did. We did, too. Man. I didn't see. I know, but like, I feel like I didn't. They should have. Guy Fietti. Everywhere. Everybody should have known about this. Fietti. Bro, Guy Fietti was on every morning show talking about his apple pie hot dog, dude. What morning Joe show? Hoda, Hoda Katab? He was on that. He was also on, uh, I think it's just. Uh, Good Morning America. Good morning. This morning, too. CBS This Morning. Yep. Good Morning America. Today Show. The Today Show. What? Jimmy Ryan and Kelly. I think, I, think was, I think he was on with Ryan and Kelly. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, so Guy Fieri was almost like hired by Manfred to maybe promote this, and he's having that donkey sauce apple pie hot dog thing. That's basically the most marketing I think he got. I don't know if Bad choice. I don't know how the MLB. Come on, that's a terrible choice. Look, Guy Fieri, what do you want, you want Mario Batali? I, I don't know. Did the MLB know it was going to be a smash? They knew. Yeah, I would assume so. How come it wasn't just like a full-out marketing press? Well, if Guy Fieri posts one time on his Instagram, you know he's going to make the whole thing famous, so it's not like he needed to do that much. He did tell me that. He's going to make the whole thing famous. <laughs> make Boom. the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. All of Iowa. Uh-huh. Make the whole thing famous. Put it on the map. Thank you, Guy. They should have been pressing that hard. And, and if they did have the fake hay, did, uh, Zito just uh, looked can't, it up. Can't but, find it right now. But oh! <laughs> Easy, pal. They edit all. They, they document all the footage. Yeah, smart. So you, guys like you couldn't find it. People that were yeah. looking for the little intricacies that are really making this show. They mad. They're in Iowa. John Deere's there. What? I don't know. What? Yeah, and they could. All they had to do was take the tractor, tractor another round, another round, another round, and he takes the tractor another round, another round. Please 
thought about that a lot last night. You know, as I was watching that corn blow in the wind and the fireworks were going and baseballs were getting hit in the corn, you know, because rain makes corn. And corn, corn makes whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey makes my baby. frisky. That's, that's all I was thinking last night was, you know what? This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is America coming together with America's pastime. But you tweeted about how you hated the game. Well, oh, I, was tired. I was getting a little tired. Hold on. I was getting a little snoozy there. And I watched from seventh inning on, everything changed. I mean, it was a dream, like a dream game for them, for Fox. Yeah, it was like a playoff atmosphere, you know, in the middle of summer. Uh, here, you know, it's not it's not October, but it felt like it maybe for a little bit. Yeah, true. I mean, especially yeah. and it was in the middle of Iowa when that gangster from Montana that changed Tone Diggs completely into what Tone Diggs has become does a three inning interview and yeah, <laughs> you know, it really makes you feel like this is awesome. You know, just, <laughs> this is what I want to watch. I'm not falling asleep at all. Okay, is Mac Jones potentially slicing and dicing over there? Yeah, I'm gonna go over there. But then whenever I came back seventh inning, I was wrong and I put out numerous. Follow-up tweets, and that's what Twitter is, by the way. You put out a tweet in the time that you're in. That's why the algorithm's kind of fucked up that they save it for later. It's like, whoa, 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 we're at a much different time now. This is like a Pawn Stars thing, okay? Seventh inning, it was awesome. Eighth inning, amazing. Ninth inning, spectacular. Somebody tweeted me and said that that ninth inning will be better than any fourth quarter in the NFL this season. That person's a fucking idiot, but it was awesome. That was maybe the best I've ever seen baseball. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, you are right. You know, the innings, I don't know what, five through like eight there. I mean, we didn't have any offense, but started out with a lot of homers. I mean, if getting eight homers in this game was like, you know, dream scenario. There's no way they could have anticipated it did as well as it did. The guy that got the dub, he does this whenever he's looking at the catcher. He was in before that guy. That was Kimbrell. Okay, so oh, this yeah. is Kimbrel. Yeah. yeah, beast. Oh, too soon. This is too awesome. Soon. It's like a cobra. Yeah. You know, is that what he's trying to do? Make himself I mean, if Fox was smart, they would have snuck in the juiced balls for him for this game. They didn't need him. The corn, corn. sweat was yeah. making the ball fall uh, off. I'll tell you far. what, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. You so, hey, Pat, are you saying that Kevin Costner just wasn't bringing the juice? It was terrible. It was the worst interview I've ever heard in my entire life. He well, said I a couple of things it. that what were good. The Garrett Cole interview before that might have been worse. He just, Kevin Costner buried Joe Buck. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, so that was a little bit of electrifying. Read the room. But it was just, <laughs> read the internet, I guess, <laughs> read the internet. But he said a couple things in there that were good. I was like, but three innings of the, I, I'm, I went back and back and back. And I was like, okay. Still I, here. And, and back, it was just like, I get it. Field of Dreams. He walked through there. He did great speeches. It was very motivating. He gave credit to the writers and everything like that. Obviously, he's a great thespian. Okay, I'm a big, big fan of Kevin Costner, the gangster in Montana, the baseball guy in Bull Durham, the golfer in Tin Cup. I'm a big Water Kevin. World. Who? Oh, Water yeah. World. Water World. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I'm a fan. All right, I'm uh-huh. a fan of Kevin Costner. I just didn't think. You know, three innings. He was, which a, is he was a killer of, with uh, Ashton Kutcher in that one movie. Oh, Guardian. Mr. Brooks. Oh, Guardian. Guardian, yeah. I am Mr. Brooks. Yeah, Dane I'm a Cook. Big... My bad. Dane Cook. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's Mr. Brooks. I've watched that movie like 10 times because it was uh, the only one that was on this one plane we flew every single season. <laughs> so that was weird. I mean, what a, what a wild life there. He's got range. Okay. He can be a drunk pitcher. He can be a drunk golfer. He can be a motivator. <laughs> he can be a, a goddamn murderer. Okay. I get it. Kevin Costner, incredible thespian out there. But three innings is the equivalent of five hours. And that's what it felt like whenever he was in there. And I just, I think they kind of set him up for failure. But aside from that, a little bit of a snooze out there. 
But that thing ended perfectly, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was an electric finish. Started well, ended well. Mm-hmm. Let's go to one five-hour energy phone line call here before I have to bounce out and hit the road to Tulsa. Go to fivehourenergy.com. That's the number five, then ourenergy.com. Use promo code McAfee, and you'll receive 10% off your order, AJ. Ooh. Oh, and they have the official summer flavors out now, right? Oh, the original, yeah, and the official, yeah. The only, it's only valid through September 30th. Oh, no. I yeah. better get there. Yeah, get your shots. Smart. The official energy shot of the Pat McAfee Show and the title sponsor for the electric phone lines that we will head to right now, Zach in Arizona. What's going on, pal? Pat and the boys, let's fucking go. I, let's go, Okay, uh, first... I'd like to shout out my dad, uh, only only Colts fan here out here in Arizona that I know. Uh, but is Evan Foxy in the house? What's up, man? Hey, uh, so I, I just got a question for you. Um, you turned your back on the pack uh, last season. Oh. You think the fan base even wants you in, in the Lions? Good question. The pride. I think. He said he, he turned your back on the pride, right? Is what he, yeah, he said. That's the what pack, he said. Yeah, he said the pack, but the pack of Lions. You did turn your back and became a Steelers fan. Is everything yeah. all right? So everything's I, fine. All right. When you're a Lions fan, you know you got about six or seven weeks of football, and that's it. And that's why I'm so juiced for this preseason game tonight. So when the Lions, you know, are out of playoff contention and can't go 10 and 7 and win a playoff game, sometimes I got to look around and I got to say, "Hey, how do I extend this football season?" And sometimes you got to see a team that's undefeated and ruin them. And ruin them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, the Lions fans, I think they have appreciated Foxy because Foxy's the only Lions fan that has a microphone. Yep. I don't think there's a Jalen yeah, yeah. Jalen, but he talks basketball mostly. I'm not sure he's really. Foxy is the only Lions fan that is outside of Detroit that speaks uh, into a microphone. Uh, Bob Ritchie does a lot. Okay. AJ. Oh, yeah. Fox, Huge Lions fan. Foxy and Bob, then, is what Lives in saying. Nashville, too. So. One and the same. Yeah. Print the shirts. I just want you to be accurate. I don't want you to, like, you know, leave people out. <laughs> Kid Fox. Fox. AJ, Fox. it is amazing, by the way, <laughs> that your brain can just that smooth. What do you mean? Easily. I played there every year. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're just yeah. waiting yeah. for the Lions. Yeah, but I'm just talking about it from a sports standpoint. So I think they appreciate Foxy. Thank and you. this is a whole new Lions, by the way. You guys got a new mascot. You guys are off and yeah. running. Yeah. Uh, before we get to a break, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the coolest billionaire walking this planet. Okay? There's a lot of stories told told about a lot of billionaires. And not enough of them are good and told about Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, has obviously had a hell of a life. It has been documented. He is friends with rock stars. He has gone through stages of his life, I think, that he does not necessarily look back upon and be like, hey, those were good decisions. But what he has become, where he is at in the human that I got to know behind the scenes whenever I was playing for the Colts, this guy deserves a lot more fucking credit and respect than the billionaire who's cool conversation. Yep. Hell yeah. While all these other billionaires are trying to get to space, let me tell you what Jim Irsay's doing. He's buying guitars, what? pianos, what? hosting parties, what? building ice skating arenas for his grandkids, what? donating to every foundation, what? and riding in the back of drop tops with 28s on him alongside Adrian uh, James as he goes into the Hall of Fame and cutting a promo for him and saying something that is cooler than any other billionaire has ever said to one of their players or humans they've ever worked with. 
car, whatever car you want. Oh, don't tell me. Yeah, that anything, <laughs> anything you want. I don't care what you want a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, hey. you know, you tell me what's happening. This is just casual. Edgy's like, shit, let's get this on you film. You know that, man. You pick it out. Edgy's getting a Hall of Fame car. He's got to decide whether it's a Rolls Royce or a Bentley or a Lamborghini, but he's going to be rolling in style. That's for sure. And I'm even going to put something in the glove compartment to surprise him. Oh, okay, so that's a, a shit ton of money, yeah. 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 And by the way, he was just, I think he was just bullshitting with Edge as he's rolling through there. And the Colts probably just had that camera on at all times. Like, hey, we'll just catch whatever's good. And then Edge goes, well, you're getting me a, me let's a get this on. Okay, okay this is really ball. awesome. <laughs> and Jim immediately goes into promo, just starts cutting a promo into the camera. Fucking awesome. I hope Edge gets a Rolls Royce, by the way. I think that is, yeah. uh, I didn't know that. I, I assume Edge didn't know that that was on the table until Jim said, <laughs> yeah. hey, Rolls Royce. Edge will make the right decision. Jim Mercer just deserves a little bit more. Hey, that's a cool fucking guy. You know what I mean, AJ? I mean, absolutely. And other owners are probably like, come on, man, you're killing me. Now, all of us, if we have Hall of Famers, they, they expect a, a loaded Winnebago from me or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> the Fords won't even give Calvin Johnson his money back. So Yeah, well, he's got to do 28 hours a yeah. day oh of Detroit God. Lions service, and you will be able to get that money back, even though you're a Hall of Famer, mm -hmm. and you're representing Detroit in the Hall of Fame, which mm -hmm. I don't know how often that's going to happen. Uh -huh. You give us 28 good hours of work. Fucking give you your money back. That's very nice of Detroit. That's hey, good for hey, Detroit. There we go. Hey, Jim Ursay uh, gave Andrew Luck twenty-five million dollars whenever he retired, eight days before the season started. Yeah. He said, "Just keep it, dude. Whatever." <laughs> yeah. Jim Ursay gave me a six-figure bonus uh, for something that I did not necessarily complete. I got voted into the Pro Bowl, didn't play in the Pro Bowl. I guess playing in the Pro Bowl was a part of it because of the spectacle, the NFL asked that whole thing. So he didn't have to give me a bonus. Oh, brother, here. And just gave me even more, I think. I mean, he is just, he's the man. He's awesome. And not enough good things are said about him. I'm happy we can continue to do so. And hopefully the Colts social media will continue to spotlight him. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening, interacting with us on Twitter all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of shit out there that you could listen to, and we appreciate that you decide to spend time with us. Check out SmackDown tonight at 8 o'clock. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Cheers.